This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. entries to go through and grade right now uh, to see who was the best. I'm going to be honest. I think a lot of people should have listened to me. Y'all all try to make me crazy. Y'all all try to gaslight me into thinking I'm insane. But I know what I'm talking about. If people would have trusted me, maybe they might have won them a grill. <laughs> so wait a minute. You don't have the entries graded yet? That's the, why, why do we bury the lead here? Dude. At, right after that draft ended, man, I was already four <laughs> beers deep. I, I hadn't eaten anything since like 10 a.m. I, I, I'm gonna, we're gonna have the results by the end of the show this morning. So everyone out there, just stay listening, and when I get it done, you'll hear it. All right. So wait a minute. Were you four beers in and hadn't eaten when the draft was over, or when we were through the first 10 picks? There's a big difference here. When the draft started. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, I, look, I thought I, per, I thought the first half of the draft was incredible. I mean, I, I I thought it was some Sonny Weaver stuff going on there with with the Houston Texans at two. Man, I was I couldn't believe Will Anderson didn't go. It kind of shocked C.J. Stroud. And then you know, in 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 NFL draft fashion, there's your first trade, and they traded back up to get back into it. I thought it was compelling. I thought it was great stuff. How how many times in NFL history has a team had back-to-back picks that early, the second and the third pick? I mean, I don't have all the exact details on what Houston gave up to get that third pick, but, I mean, they basically locked in their offensive guy of the future and their defensive guy of the future. Yeah, it was was a a really – it was fascinating to watch. 
And then you knew as soon as that, that deal came in and that it was them on the clock again, you knew at that point it was going to be Will Anderson. But what about our boy Will Levis, man? Just sweating it out all night long. Man, I, I, I don't even know if he got drafted or not, dude. I literally just woke up 10 minutes ago. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, Will Levis did not get drafted. The most oh, I called popular. that. I, I, I was calling that last night, man. Yeah, the most popular uh, person in the green room, one, uh, by the way, was not Will Levis. It was his girlfriend. Uh, she, uh, she started trending on social media, as you would expect. And then they did a switch. I don't know if you saw it, man. All of a sudden, she wasn't there, but there was another girl sitting next to him. Okay. And everybody was talking about whether or not he had switched girlfriends or if his girlfriend had left him to find a first-round draft pick. Oh, man, that's cold. Maybe she was bad luck, or maybe she was trying to find wherever Anthony Richardson and his family was hanging out at. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, we're here at Mobile Christian, and we got a great show lined up for you. Hey, what, let's do this. Why don't we go ahead and break early, and then Lee's going to come back with the scoreboard traffic and weather, and we'll go a little long in our next segment. But we're here at uh, Mobile Christian. It's our Dr. Christopher Malnick uh, championship drive. Mark and Lee on the campus of Mobile Christian. We're here for the next three hours right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hey, this is Dabo Sweeney, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. Wild Rice, congratulations. I uh, couldn't be prouder of a guy. I uh, couldn't be happier for you and your family. Uh, I know you've worked so hard for this. You've done a great job for the University of Alabama. You've been a great ambassador, a great player. Uh, and now uh, you've realized your dream of being able to play in the NFL. And I think the most important thing is it's great to get drafted where you got drafted, but it's also great to be able to stay focused on what you have to do to develop and have a great career. So. Hey, welcome back in. 613 here on a Friday edition. It's our Dr. Christopher Monick's Championship Drive. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1 on the campus of Mobile Christian. And, uh, Lee, that's the voice of Alabama coach Nick Saban. He was very visible in his pink jacket yesterday as he uh, congratulated his players. Now, not all of his players there got drafted. Uh, Will Levis, of course, got a lot of face time uh, not getting drafted. But there are three other players, including Alabama defensive back uh, Brian Branch. He did not get picked. He was up there yesterday in Kansas City. Also, uh, Penn State cornerback Joey Porter Jr. will have to wait today, as will Georgia Tech defensive end Keon White. Lots of sponsors on our show today. Thanks to Dirt Incorporated. Uh, really appreciate Red Pest Solutions, of course, the Red Family, Dawes Point Pharmacy, GH Clinical, and New School Pools. Joining us as we broadcast live from uh, Mobile Christian. One other sports note before we get to our first wave of guests that are going to join us. As we speculated during the week, uh, Tyler Buckner has transferred to Alabama. Certainly no surprise there. He will compete. Now, keep this in mind. This coming Sunday is the deadline for the transfer portal. So if anybody's going to leave, they better get their name in there before Sunday. Mark, let's start out uh, with track here at Mobile Christian because they're getting started today, or they're already started, but they got something coming up today. I'm going to introduce track coach Pete Prescott. Pete, good morning. Good morning. All right, what's going on today? We start uh, the sectional qualifying meet to qualify where, for state. Where? At uh, South Alabama's track. How does it look? It looks pretty good. We've had a really good season. Uh, 
a lot of folks involved this year, and so we're hoping for some really good things. I want to introduce uh, one of your uh, tracksters. Yes, this is Trey Matthews. Trey is a sophomore. He's also an offensive lineman on the varsity football team. Uh, decided this year to come out and give track a try, and uh, it's been very successful for him. You throw everything. What do you throw, Trey? What's your specialty? Uh, I throw this, this jab and shot, but I think I'm, like, best at this. And you do all three of these in the same day? Uh, I do two today, then I come at 9 o'clock tomorrow and throw jabs. You ever th uh, come close to hitting anybody with the javelin? You know, just just little, just a couple of times I did. <laughs> Do you ever shout, hey, look out, you know, like, uh, watch out. You don't no, shout it out? No. What's your longest throw uh, of the discus? Uh, discus, I think my longest was 122.4. And the shot? The shot, it was 42.5. So when you when you roll into spring football or this fall and or, or fall camp and, and the quarterbacks are throwing, you look at Coach Cottrell and be like, Coach, I think you got the wrong guy back there. <laughs> so how's this transition now? I mean, you have uh, spring football starting up soon, right? Isn't that going to start soon? So will you still be involved with track and field? or? Um, yes, sir. Uh, what we do is after I get done with track, I immediately go to football. And then I still work out with football on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So how much how – mu is there more technique involved in what you do with track and field or with football? With track. For sure. Yes, sir. Uh, it's a whole lot of different motions that we had to take yeah. at the time. You got to make sure that you're doing it right because if you don't do it right, you're either going to throw it out, the, out of bounds or you're going to step over the line and foul every time. Pete, what's uh, the strength of your track and field team as you go to the sectionals today? Uh, it's kind of spread around a lot. Uh, we've got some really good relay teams. Uh, our distance team has been doing really well this year. Uh, we had a lot of success at the county championship. We won our first boys and girls county championship since 2007. Educate me. What's it take to move on to further? Is it team or just as individuals? It's individual the way it works. Individual events, you have to first be in the top five at the end of the day, and then you have to hit the state minimum requirement in that event, and that's what automatically qualifies you for state. Now, in the relays, it's a little different. They only take the top three in each event, each relay event. But you also did the, the state minimum in those events, too. Uh, Coach, tell us about our Beef O'Brady Student Athletes of the Week in track. Uh, Michael Moore for the for the boys and Haley Padgett over there for the women. Yes. Uh, Haley and Mike are both workhorses. Uh, Michael is listed in the football program at 5'8", or 5'10", I'm sorry. But we don't think he's more than 5'8". <laughs> and when you got a guy who's 5'8", who's jumping high jump on 6'8", yeah. that's a pretty neat feat. He's yeah. done that twice this year. Well, they'll both uh, receive a, a gift certificate for a free meal at Beef O'Brady's at Tillman's Corner. So thanks well, to Todd Weissong and the fine folks over there for sponsoring yes, every thank week. Thank you very much. Trey, what do you enjoy more, track and field or football? Uh -huh. I enjoy football more. I like. I love contact. You like, still have two more years to go, right? You, I think you said you're a sophomore? Yes, sir. Very good. So, but you're going to continue to th throw also? Yes, sir. What gives you the greatest satisfaction of the three? The shot, the discus, or the javelin? The, the disc. This, I whenever it flies, I have a good feeling that it's always going to go out. And I just love to see it fly. Very good. Guys, good luck. Now, you. you're uh, at the sectional South Alabama. What's, uh, what, what area oh, in track and field? Are you 3A? Four? We're 4A this year. 4A this year? We, we, last year, we, our boys and girls both were runner-up at state. 
And so with uh, competitive balance, we got bumped up to 4A for this year. Of course. All right. Good luck. Good luck right. to you, Trey. Yes, sir. And, of course, we'll be seeing you on the football field, too. Yes, sir. All right, guys, thanks so and much Trey for joining. Trey was a double, a double county winner this year. He was he won shot and disc at the county championship. Impressive. We haven't done that since Josiah Harry. Oh, well, wow. that's the guy up in Alabama now, right? They used to play in the band. Yep. They couldn't get him to play football here, uh, but he could sure throw. He could throw. Trey, good luck to you. Yes, I appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, and, again, thanks to Beefo Brady's. Uh, we have some time if you guys want to jump in on the NFL draft. It was obviously a big part of uh, last night. A lot of drama there, a number of trades, and uh, it, it wound up being everything we, we, we had hoped. We want to thank all the fine folks at uh, Walk-Ons for having us out last night. Thanks to Wes and all the guys. Uh, great to see a whole bunch of you out there. I met a whole bunch of guys. Uh, thank you all for participating. I know there's a lot of talk in the app. We will announce the winner at the end of our show of the Traeger Grill, which is translation for Nick hasn't done the math yet. But he's working on it. He's working on it. He'll have a winner for us. I'm a little bothered by the Saints pick. Um because, and, and I'm not a talent scout, so it's not about his talent, but Brewer, who is a Clemson defensive lineman, has had a history of injuries, Mark, and that just always sends a red flag with me. I mean, the, the key to being a good NFL player is just staying healthy, being on the field. And many of the people we talk to, and I look at Captain Munderland, who people didn't think he could you know, be an NFL player, he played like 10 years because he stayed healthy. This kid Brewer has had all kinds of injuries. He had a, a serious knee injury back in uh, 2021, uh, sat out some games last year. So that, that, that sends a red flag. I, and I would wonder, and I know that's a need for the Saints, don't get me wrong, but to go after a guy that's already had a history of injuries, I, I, I wonder why you would do that as your number one. And look, I, I think if you check out the uh, those the, the grade, they're always going to find fault with some. I looked at the Bijan Robinson with Atlanta, and then the Gibbs with Detroit at 12, the running backs. And there's they always find fault with picking a running back. I don't understand why. I think if you got a guy that's a skilled position guy who's really really good, you take him because that's what it's all about scoring. And I just found it fascinating that for the uh, first time and maybe a long time, running backs went before wide receivers. No, I, I thought uh, I don't think it was a huge surprise that Bijan went as high as he did, even though he's a running back. But Jameer Gibbs, I thought, probably a little bit of a reach there. Although I think he's going to be outstanding. You heard me yesterday. I was hoping that he was going to fall to New Orleans because he's such an Alvin Kamara type guy, and we don't know what Kamara's future is going to be. So I, th I, I wasn't surprised that uh, that that Jameer Gibbs wasn't there when the Saints picked. I was surprised at how high he got drafted, though. But you know. I, I didn't necessarily have a problem with the Saints. They filled a need. He's big. He's he's physical. He's athletic. That's that's kind of what they're looking for over there. Uh, I would have preferred Gibbs fall that way. I was wondering if they were going to make a move because there were such a ton of trades. Uh, but as I mentioned in the first segment, I thought Houston up early. I, I thought it was I thought it was Kevin Costner. I thought it was like Sonny Weaver Jr. out there with the Cleveland Browns in draft day, getting back and sprinkling a little pixie dust in there and getting back in there. Because I, I was as surprised, and this is what we talked about going into the draft yesterday. I, I either wanted Will Anderson to go second, or like some, or, or, or for Houston to to take a quarterback, and for them to take Stroud at two, uh, surprised me. And then when they got back in, you just knew they were going to take Will Anderson there. But uh, I thought the top of the draft 
was the first ten or twelve picks was really compelling stuff last night. It was, and and again, the, the fun part now is to see what happens. Obviously, when they get to camp and, and vie for starting jobs, uh, you know, will Bryce Young supplant Andy Dalton as the Panthers' quarterback? That that was a given. And for anybody in our contest, and when I went around handing out the sheets, I said, "Okay, you start with Bryce Young. Good luck on the other nine. We had a number of entries, though. You'd be surprised that went a different way. I'm not lying. When we sat there and saw, um, we saw a lot of uh, Jalen Carter's at two. Like we got had to hit him at number two a lot. Somebody had Bryce at number ten. Uh, somebody had Hendon Hooker at number one. Uh, we saw some wild, wild projections. And then we had a couple people. I'm not gonna lie, had a couple people just list ten people, ten draftees, and didn't realize they had to be in order. Um, sometimes it's sometimes that's how you win. Was it was it Anthony <laughs> Richardson? <laughs> yeah, was Anthony Richardson though? Was he the one that gave Goodell the biggest hug? I thought he was going to crush him or something. I think it was Richardson. Maybe I'm wrong on that. There were so many, or maybe no, maybe it was Jalen Carter. Maybe it was Carter the one that came in. He was in tears. I've never seen oh, a man just, that big start he, crying. He grabbed Goodell like if he wraps up. If he wraps up. Uh, Offensive players like that, he may get called for penalties, like, um, you know, in the hold or something like that, because Jalen Carter really put a bear hug on Roger Goodell. Uh, so you guys can jump in at 694-1055. You can hit us up in the app at WNSP.com. You know, it's funny because uh, someone in the app made a great point, one that I had kind of listed that we need to talk about was we talked about Gibbs to the Lions and talk about what taking best player available or, bank, or, or player based on need. Detroit didn't need any running backs. In, in fact, someone's going to be the odd man out, but they went based on best available play. They must really love Gibbs because they just re-signed. They had Swifts on the roster. Uh, somebody's not going to make that cut. Yeah, but one of their let's point out one of their better running backs is now on the Saints, uh, the, the kid Williams who had all those touchdowns last year. So I don't know if you could ever have enough running backs these days with the way the way they get beat up and everything. But again, I you know you, you see the critics say, oh, you waste your pick taking a running back. You can get any running back. Well. Can you, though? I mean, there's certain running backs that are really, really good. Gibbs, I think, gives them that added dimension of catching passes as well as uh, running the football. All right, so we'll continue to talk about uh, the NFL draft throughout the course of our morning here at Mobile Christian. But Todd Weissong is here at Beefo Brady's, and and we bring him on for a very specific reason. Uh, Finally, uh, a Notre Dame football player will get the recognition and play with a team that richly deserves such a talent. Right, Todd? I didn't say he was going to play. Oh, okay. I think he just made the transfer because of Tommy Reese. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming out here with us. You're welcome, sir. Good so, morning. So as an Irish fan, okay. how do you feel about the last 24 hours in the in the world of college football? I'm actually good with it. To be honest with you, I felt like it was a, a decision he had to make. I'm, I'm a little more upset with some of the other transfer portals like uh, – Lorenzo Styles, uh, Logan Diggs, those are guys that you know were players for us that I felt like would be the next level. With Tyler leaving for Alabama, it doesn't hurt our feelings. I mean, the kid played two seasons, 850 yards. He's had more interceptions than touchdowns. Perfect for Alabama. <laughs> you, know, it, you know what's interesting, though? You know how people get so excited, oh, Notre Dame quarterback. But then when you dive into his stats yeah. and you see he started the two games against Ohio State and Marshall, they lost, then he got hurt. 
But he did come back and lead him to win over the Gator Bowl. But you're right, his stats don't jump out at you at all. But he is, I mean, he did come out as a five-star. I mean, he is considered a five-star quarterback. I mean, can you fit into a structure? Sure. I think he's got the package. He's got the package that he is more of a run-type quarterback in that, you know, RPO system of college football these days. But realistically... I think he's year two maybe kind of thing. It's going to be interesting what happens, what Alabama can do with him. Well, I think the interesting thing is what happens to the quarterbacks now in camp. Do they see this guy transferring in and feel, well, he's got the bond with Reese. Do I need to get out of here now? Because you're right. There's nothing to suggest that he's going to come in and set the world on fire. He, he doesn't have the numbers from another program. So does Milrow decide by Sunday, I don't need this because he's a running type quarterback? Or does Simpson decide, I don't need this? I think I, I honestly think it's just one of those things that I think they're building for the future. He's still just a sophomore, so realistically, he's got two more years of eligibility kind of thing in him, probably. So I think it's long-term with Tommy Reese. I don't think it's going to be a short-term solution. Um, yeah, I think the Alabama was always looking for that transfer portal kind of quarterback. This was an easy option, um, but I don't think he's going to be the right player for that situation. Hey, uh, we always appreciate you coming by. It's, uh, what do you got cooking today at Old You know, fish Brady? and chips. You know fish and right. chips, Mark. Come you on. Know who's, you know who I think's coming by to see you today? Who's that? I think it's going to be me. Oh, is it? Yeah. I was hoping it's going to be Coach Cottrell. Well, he might come too. <laughs> what, uh, so tell me, uh, tell everybody where you're located and what, more importantly, what time you open? 4419 Range Line Road, right in front of Lowe's in Tillman's Corner. We open up at 10 o'clock. I expect Mark there at 1001. 9.58, sir, okay. and I want my lunch right then. I'll be there. All right, thank you so much. We I appreciate, appreciate it, guys. All right, we're here at Mobile Christian. It's our Dr. Christopher Molnick's championship drive. That's right. We're talking NFL draft. We're also talking spring sports. We'll come back, talk a little baseball, continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP. That's right, C.J. Stroud goes number two. So this is what made our, our WNSP draft challenge so tricky, right? Because those of you that said the Texans were going to take Will Anderson to two didn't get credit for it because he went number three to the Texans. Anybody that had that uh, was a genius. But welcome back in to Dr. Chris from Next Championship Drive. We're at Mobile Christian. Lee? We're in Air Sports 1 having a ball. Uh, all kinds of records set by Alabama yesterday, Mark. Uh, Alabama's 15th consecutive year with at least one guy. They had three yesterday in the first round. And as I pointed out earlier, only one other school has ever, ever had the um, first offensive player and the first defensive player go. And that may wind up being a trivia question next week. So how, about that? how about that? I'm sure people are scribbling that down right I now on so. a scrap of paper waiting for next week. I can tell you this. Our sponsors for this show today include Will Barnes, Family of McDonald's Restaurants, Greer's Markets, and Cash Saver. Beef O'Brady's, you've heard from Todd already. He's here. Uh, Rich's Car Wash, really appreciate them coming aboard. Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. All right, let's talk 
about baseball. Jason Smith is the head coach. He's also my personal advisor on lawn care. Jason, how you doing, my friend? <laughs> doing great. Great. So you got my lawn in good shape. How, how the, I know that you're disappointed the season came to an end. You want to kind of give us an overview of how things went in your first year as head coach? Uh, well, you know, we, we, we had such a such a uh, lot of a large number of seniors from last year so we you know we were already looking forward to the challenge uh, that would come but we we had some really good players we had, we were really talented uh, some of them just didn't have the experience uh, maybe that that we were that we needed I guess but we we actually had a really good year we started out we started out really well we won I think eight of our first nine games then we we kind of caught the injury bug. We uh, lost our center fielder for a while. Uh, we lost our shortstop for a while. Uh, so we were dealing with some injuries uh, there that we, we were having to navigate. And at times we did well. At times we didn't do so well. Uh, and then uh, there at the end of the year, we uh, an unfortunate uh, injury with one of our pitchers that um, kind of uh, – Kind of wrote the story a little different uh, than, than normal. You you were five A. Will you drop down after nine? No, year? we'll still be five A next 5A. year. Uh, and then depending on how how next year goes, we could either stay the same or or drop back down. How about uh, your son now? Uh, this was his final game last week, uh, and the, and he's going to Southern Miss on a on a baseball scholarship. How do you feel about uh, that? The uh, the son leaving the dad on the baseball program. Uh, well, he's uh, he he was a good one. Uh, I'm you know I'm a little partial, but uh, he he uh, he had a really good season. Um, he went uh, he he played well all year, but he he went out uh, really good um, that that last series. He he had a really good series in the playoffs. Um, it will be. It, it was really emotional uh, on a lot of fronts, um, but certainly to see him, to see him emotional uh, at the end of the game certainly made me emotional. Yeah. And but I mean he's got he's got a bright future ahead of him, and and looking forward to looking forward to finally not having to coach him and just sit back and watch and and see how see how he progresses. This is the first time we've had you in as the head coach. Usually, you know, you were the assistant. You want to introduce your assistant coach? Yeah, I, I, we got a really good one, um, Trey Chambers. Uh, he graduated he graduated the year before Tally and I got here, um, but he came back after uh, after four years in college and, and coached with us for for three or four years and then he went went off and he got to ha experience the head coaching uh, duties at, at real town and then we've been when he left we we said hey you're just going to go for a year or two we're going to try to get you back and we tried to get him back and tried to get him back and we finally finally uh we're able to get him back this year and, and he is a fantastic fantastic coach and human being. Trey, why don't you talk about your year with the baseball program and how you contributed? Um, my year was great. It was great to be back. It was great to be back home. Um, as Coach said, I graduated from here, so this is home for me. And uh, just excited to be back with Coach Jason. Did you uh, make your mark more so in football or baseball when you were at Mobile Christian? Um, so our football team looked a little different than it does now. Um, we had about 20 players, 25 players, but I think I made my mark the most with baseball. Um, it was uh, very, very different back then. 
how about going on to let's say education college wise where'd you wind up going so i went to a few places i started out at birmingham southern uh, my freshman year had a great year um and then i transferred to junior college at uh, lbw and then i finished my playing career at point university uh, in georgia and then i was able to finish my degree at south alabama Okay, to both of you, now that the season, the regular season and the postseason comes to an end, what what moves on now with the baseball program? What, what's in store? Uh, well, um, we are going to start our summer workouts a little earlier this year than, than normal. Um, but we're going to start the, the summer workouts in a couple weeks. But yeah, most of our guys, if not all of them, uh, will play summer baseball. So they're, they're going to continue to... They're going to continue to work out and, and, and do baseball activities because uh, they, they've got big summers uh, ahead of them. So we'll, we'll have to just monitor and make sure that, that they stay healthy and, and make sure the pitchers are, are getting their bullpens in. And So it's, it's going to be a little different, you know, not preparing for playoff series, but there's still a lot of work to do. And, and we've got a bright future ahead of us. Uh, we, we had a lot of juniors this year that got some really good experience. So we will, we will start preparing for next year. Uh, before we let you guys go, Coach, tell us about uh, Seth Smith. He is our Beefo Brady Student Athlete of Week. He'll get a, a free meal at Beefo Brady's there at Tillman's Corner. So congratulations to him. I'm going to defer to Coach Chambers since uh, somebody may think that that was rigged. <laughs> yeah, it, w it was not rigged. I, I actually voted him in. Um, Seth is a tremendous player. Um, I think, you know, besides the physical attributes he has, his IQ of the game kind of separates him from a lot of others. So he is a tremendous player, tremendous athlete, but, you know, he's also a, an acute thinker. So I got to ask you, Jason, because I know you spent many years in the minor leagues before you made it to the majors. This story about Drew McGill uh, from Pittsburgh, 13 years in the minors, gets his first call up, actually started his first game yesterday. Could you put yourself in his shoes and what it must be like? Uh, I, I can only imagine the joy. So when that happened, I, I saw a lot of the, the video from the clubhouse when when the, the AAA manager was talking about things and, and you know, they really panned on him because they knew what was happening. And you, just to see the reaction on his face, uh, and then I saw the post-game interview when you know, he got a standing ovation. And he said, "You know, guys, I'm, I'm just a nobody. I, I'm just a, you know, minor league journeyman." And and I, to get a standing ovation and and not really able to put his emotions into words, uh, it, it it was pretty special. It was a special moment. When you made, who'd you debut with at the majors? The Cubs, Chicago Cubs. Did they? Did they, uh, when you were batting, did they have uh, go out, somebody go out in the stands? And in, were your parents there for your first game? No, it was it was such a quick okay. turnaround that we they didn't have time. We didn't have time to get to get them up there. Um, it, what what I thought was pretty neat. Again, I, I was kind of like him. I, I'm just a just a nobody. Uh, but I got I, I was in Iowa with uh, AAA with with the Cubs. Iowa Cubs just made the short drive to to Chicago um, I was in the team hotel and I jumped on the train that dropped me off in right outside the outfield fence walking around the stadium to go to the players entrance and, and while I'm walking again me I, I'm just I'm just a nobody from 
from Nowheresville, Alabama, and I'm walking to the clubhouse, and I walk by a group of people, and when I walk by, I hear, I hear somebody whisper, say, hey, I think that's that new kid, Jason Smith, that just got called up, and I was like, these, these fans must be unbelievable if they know, if they know some, some nobody like me that just got <laughs> called up, so uh, that, that, was, that was a pretty neat feeling that I have. I can only imagine the feeling that that young man had. Guys, thank you so much for stopping by. We really do appreciate it, uh, especially getting up so early with us. But uh, always good to see you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate thank what you do. All right, guys. Uh, you guys can jump in on the uh, on the draft if you'd like at uh, 694-1055. It was a big night last night. Nick is feverishly tabulating the scores for our WNSP draft challenge. We, he is actually giving play-by-play -play of that in the app at WNSP.com. But you guys can, uh, can certainly do, jump in. Do we know who won? Who won the Bryce Young jersey? Uh, we do. Um, that was a big drawing card yesterday. Yeah. At least the people I talked to. Um, I don't have. He has a winner, and I should probably know. Yes, okay. Morgan. Thank you. Morgan, congratulations to Morgan. She won the Bryce Young jersey. For those that don't know, uh, as soon as the draft started, we did, or as soon as he got drafted, we pulled a name from uh, the number of folks that were there, and we assured everybody that it, that would take place pretty early in the uh, in the WNSP draft party because you you had to be present to win that. You didn't have to be present to win the Traeger Grill because you know people would still be at walk-ons waiting for Nick to to tabulate the scores. We have a, a guest coming on at seven o'clock who may be in five or six years. Uh, maybe in that draft, and that's Sterling Dixon, the Mobile Christian, arguably one of the highest recruited players in this area. He'll be uh, stopping by. And then later on in this show, Keith Goldman, the uh, South Alabama defensive back who sat out all of last year with an injury, he is scheduled to be on the show. And as far as the uh, draft goes, Jim Nagy, uh, the Reese's senior, block. You know, Mark, uh, obviously, you know, Will Levis had a lot of FaceTime yesterday, TV time, because every time they kept showing him. But there's three others in there. I wonder how Will would feel if the three others go early and he's still left. He's the only one left. That's that. I've always wondered about that. You know, the, the NFL invites 17 players who obviously they have a good feeling about to get drafted in the first round. But you still have four that weren't picked. Now, I know even though you have your Twitter account at Shervanian Lee, you're never on it. But... You know who was also trending uh, along with Will Levis on social media because I kept showing him. You? Her, no, her, no. <laughs> so get, his, his, his girlfriend was trending. It was uh, very much a, a, a moment. Well, I, I saw him surrounded by females. So yes, and then there was a point where there. it looked like maybe he switched out girlfriends. Nobody knew what was going on there, but his girlfriend... Gia Duddy, by the way, who is a uh, who is a senior at Penn State, um, I, I had to do the story. It was trending. I had to do in-depth coverage. She all of a sudden disappears, and there's like a blonde sitting in that spot. So, like, Twitter was very confused as to is one of these girls his sister? Did he? How many girlfriends does he have? Did he switch out? Did his girlfriend decide she was going to look for uh, to, to date a first-round draft choice? There was all sorts of speculation on Twitter about this. Well, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned about her being Penn State. There was a lot of, you know, I don't know if you saw when the Jonas Brothers sat in on, I watched the ABC coverage. You had ABC, you had NFL Network, and you had ESPN. I was watching the uh, the one with Herb Street and Howard 
and uh, and Reese, and they brought the Jonas Brothers on, and I'm not going to get too deep into that. And I was wondering, why are they there? But at the end, they asked them, what team do you root for? Penn State. A lot of Penn State yesterday. Yeah. Meanwhile, you mentioned the girlfriend. One of the four still remaining is a Penn State player, Porter. Yeah. She, uh, by the way, uh, get a, I know this will impress you because you're big on numbers. She has uh, 58,000 followers on Instagram. And 324,000 followers on TikTok. Hey, Mark, speaking of numbers. In she was probably the most talented first-round draft pick <laughs> at the draft. I know, with all due respect to, to Nick Wiggins and his take on Anthony Richardson, I think most people watching the draft probably would have gone um, Giaduddy first, Anthony Richardson second. Just going to throw that out there. So while many of us are saying that Will Levis was the big loser after round one, I think he's winning at life. I'm pretty sure he's winning at life. So I'm assuming the NFL pays for another night for him there to stay, right? He'll still be in the room when they when they start today at 6 o'clock? Um, Whereas the yeah. others maybe, see ya, you're gone. But, yeah, you get to the four. And one of the four is the Alabama cornerback, Brian Branch. Yeah. Uh well, if you're if you're Branch, you're probably thanking Will Levis for not getting picked, so you're not that guy. Those guys that didn't get picked, I think they're very fortunate that. Uh, but why is it always the quarterback and not the other guys that they ever zoom in on in the in the war in the green room? Well, I think it's not, uh, in, in terms of Levis. I think it had everything to do with uh, with Stroud and probably the Anthony Richardson factor, right? So if, if and now there's a report, Mortensen had a report late last night that there was a toe injury that Levis sustained that scared people off. I, look, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, but I'm not sure how a toe injury or how severe a toe injury could be. I've never heard of a toe injury forcing a prospect to drop the way he did. It must be some toe injury. But um, but I do think Richardson, that wild card, getting picked early kind of threw things. I mean, I don't know how many people really expected the Texans to take C.J. Stroud at two. Um, you know, we talked about it yesterday. McShay and Kuyper changed their, their mock drafts there at the end of the uh, – Final day of prep, and and had Will Anderson going too. They weren't exactly wrong; they just weren't right. So, uh, we'll continue to talk about it. Um, you guys in the app, keep hitting us up. Give us a call six nine four one zero five five. We come back, we'll talk some uh, softball here at Mobile Christian. We'll wrap up uh, hour number one of our Dr. Chris Romanex Championship Drive right here on the Sports Station WNSP. This is Jim Nagy, the Executive Director of the Senior Bowl. You're listening to WNSP 105.5. The Arizona Cardinals have traded the third pick to the Houston Texans. With the third pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select Will Anderson Jr., linebacker, Alabama. 6.53, welcome back in as we wrap up hour number one, the Dr. Chris Romanex Championship Drive. Mark and Lee and Air Sports 1 were on the uh, campus of Mobile Christian, and that was uh, the Houston Texans version of Sonny Weaver Jr. there, making a pick and then trading up to take a second consecutive pick last night. All right, uh, you heard Mark say Dr. Christopher Mullenix. He's on the line with us right now. Dr. Mullenix, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, guys. Doing good well. morning, Chris. 
Chris, I'm going to go in a different direction. Now, obviously, many people have heard me talk about my experiences, the professionalism, the personable part of it coming there. But I'm going to let you talk about why. Why would anybody who needs dental implants, wisdom teeth, or any kind of oral surgery, why would you recommend they come to uh, uh, Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery? Well, that's easily. We feel like we offer... uh the best quality product at a reasonable price, and we do everything we can to accommodate people's busy lives and schedules. You know, we're open five days a week. Uh, we answer our phone 24-7. We cover as broad a range of oral surgery services as anyone else in town. Uh, doctors are all uh, have medical degrees as well as dental degrees. We're board certified. We have the only craniofacial surgeon available on the Gulf Coast, which offers a huge array of services for for children, infants, to adults. So I think we're uh, strongly positioned to handle anything and everything that a patient can need from an oral surgery standpoint. We're motivated, and we love helping people. So I think, you know, we've done this for a long time. My practice has been in Mobile for over 50 years. I've been part of it for over 20, so we have longevity. Uh, we're up to date, and uh, as I said, we are available 24-7 and five days a week in the office. And how can our listeners reach out to you or anybody in your staff? Well, it's easy, Lee. Phone number 251-471-3381. on the web at mobileoralsurgery.com. Chris, I can't thank you enough. Thank you ever so much, and we'll check in with you next Friday. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. You bet. Now we're going to check in with the softball coach here at Mobile Christian, uh, Kelly Pitts. Good morning. Good morning. All right, what's uh, left on the season? What's on the schedule? So we are finished with our air, our regular season, and we move to the area tournament next Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, we'll play in Orange Beach. We'll play St. Michael's first at 2 p.m. on Tuesday. How did the season so far go, regular season? Good. Uh, regular season went good. We're 30-7, and seven, um, so they've been pretty successful this year, and we're looking forward to playing the area tournament and um, hopefully moving on to regionals, which will be the following week on the 11th and 12th. Kelly, you want to introduce your player? Yeah, so player of the week this week uh, happens to be my daughter, Molly Pitts, and she's a senior this year, and she is committed to South Alabama. Good morning, Molly. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Good. How would you define your season? Um, it's going pretty good. Um, we've had some things we've had to work through, but we've done it well and continued to do better. So, what was your uh, statistically? How did you do this year? Um, I'm pretty sure I'm batting over 400 right now, and I've hit three home runs, and yeah, doing pretty good, I think. And I think I have around 40 something hits. So, uh, congratulations, by the way, you've been named the Beef O'Brady Student Athlete of the Week, so Thank you'll get you. a certificate to go hang out at Tillman's Corner for a complimentary meal. Uh, very cool. Uh, tell us about, uh, I know all the focus is on this, the finishing out this season, but tell us what your adventure is next year. Very cool. Um, my adventure next year is to go play at South, and I'm excited and nervous, and I know it'll take work, so I'm excited to start there next year and see what Coach Becky and Coach, Christi, Coach uh, Christina can teach me and go from there. And I, I'm assuming it was uh, a little bit of a relief to get that out of the way before you get to this point in your senior season yes, as you guys are still playing. Yes, sir. It was. Kelly, talk about the dynamics of coaching your daughter. Uh, well, I've been fortunate uh, to 
to be able to coach her at Mabel Christian for the last four years. I started here when she was a freshman, um, and Molly is a catcher, and um, so I've coached her, and then the two main pitchers for the past two years have been Belle, who graduated last year, and Tori, who's a senior this year. So it has been really fun to be able to work with them, knowing them so well, um, being able to call pitches for her and have her be able to communicate back with me about what the pitcher or the hitter has been doing. Um, sometimes it kind of seems like we can all read each other's minds, and so that makes it really easy to make adjustments through the game. Molly, do you leave the game uh, on the field or at dinner? Do you bring it home to dinner? A little bit of both. Um, we do. We talk a lot about a plan, lot about plans for the next game and strategies that we can use. So it's really both. We're constantly talking about softball at home. Best piece of advice she ever gave you? My mom ever gave me. Yeah, I... um, Last year, she made a little post on Facebook, and she told me not to uh, stop fighting, even if it was fighting with her. So that, was always, <laughs> that always stuck with me. Does that still exist? Yeah. Well, not as much. Disagreements. <laughs> so, Mom, I'm not telling you you don't already know, but when and if when this this season ends, it, it's going to hit a little different, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Senior night was already rough, so I'm sure um, hopefully we'll be able to make it to state, but whenever the last game is, it will definitely be a tough one. You were quite a softball player in your own right, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> That's what I thought. You played it. I played at William Carey in Hattiesburg. Weren't you and the then one, coastal before we that. We talked about this. Didn't you hit a lot of home runs in your career? Um, I had some. I think my daughter is actually probably past my home run record, but I did hit some, yes, sir. What's that feeling, hitting a home run in softball like? <laughs> oh, it's probably the best feeling in the world. I love it. Just being able to jog around the bases and then see my teammates at home plate and celebrate. Do you talk a lot to batters? Um, not as much to batters. If I know them, I'll talk to them, but not really. I usually just focus on my pitcher. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for coming in. We wish you the best of luck. Congratulations on thank South, you. and uh, we look forward to having you guys on again real soon. Thank, thank you, you so much. Okay, we wrapped up our number uh, one. That that was quick. We come back. We'll talk a little football. Uh, we'll get you all the up-to-date information on the NFL draft. We, uh, we're here at Mobile Christian. It's Dr. Chris Romanek's championship drive right here on the sports station, WNSP. On the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Here we are at 7.04, hour number two. It's the Dr. Chris Romanek's championship drive. That's right, Mark and Lee and Matt. We're here in Air Sports One. We're on the campus of uh, Mobile Christian. want to thank all the folks for coming out and hanging with us at Walk-Ons last night for our WNSP Draft Challenge. Nick has done his due diligence. We have a winner of our Traeger Grill. Compliments of Bailey's TV and Mattress. So congratulations to Clayton. He, uh, he tallied the most points. He's got a brand-new grill. Well done. That man knew what he was doing when he was predicting the top ten. It was not an easy task, Lee. 
Well, uh, Clayton, uh, congratulations, and uh, you can pick up that grill at Bailey's TV and Mattress on Government. The draft, uh, first round, Bryce Young, first pick, Panthers, as everybody expected, the first of three quarterbacks that went in the first four. There were three Alabama players picked in the uh, first 12, and the SEC had nine players that went in the uh, among the 31 tied with the Big Ten at nine uh, the Alabama players Bryce Young to the Panthers at number one of course Will Anderson as Mark said to Houston at number three after their trade and then uh, Jamar Gibbs the running back with Detroit with pick number 12 Ronnie Cottrell a longtime football coach longtime recruiting coordinator in college joining us right now Ronnie uh, and again thanks for putting the show together for us what was the uh, your thoughts on the draft the first round last night well, it's always an exciting time. I always enjoy seeing the, the, you know, the participants being drafted and their family and seeing the different agents. And um, But uh, I was kind of surprised about the running backs. I know you and I share that. I was surprised that two running backs went as early as they did, even before the wide receivers. But um, I'm really happy for Alabama. I mean, gosh, they set all kind of records last night. Fifteen years in a row where they've had at least one uh, pick in the first round. That's a new record. Introduce your assistant football coach. Well, we've got uh, Stephen Walker, our special teams coordinator. He's been here longer than I have. But a former player here, uh, played college football, uh, was a special teams player at Florida State. He was a I mean, at Mobile Christian, punting, kicking. Whatever, but he also uh, is our special teams coordinator now. And Stephen, I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me. Stephen, good luck. Uh, thanks for coming by. Uh, you want to, before we get into Mobile Christian football, your thoughts on the draft last night? Uh, you know, I, I thought the uh, the Houston trading up was uh, was pretty big. Uh, and just like you said, with the running backs, uh, with, the, with the Lions taking another running back after just taking Swift, uh, Interesting to see what they can do with that three-headed monster now. Uh, I will also throw in that the uh, the Georgia Bulldogs had three in the first round also. Two of them went to the Eagles. <laughs> That's right. How about that? Are you, are you partial to Georgia? I'm Very 100%, much. Yes, I'm originally from Georgia. I got you. Yeah. How about the Eagles? Uh, taking... Defense is going to be, you know, it's going to be stout. Yeah, I should mention, we haven't even mentioned this yet, but, you know, one of the big stories yesterday was Lamar Jackson, the five-year contract extension, which actually exceeded Jalen Hurts' contract. Right. So, Lamar, and then the uh, Ravens come back and uh, draft a wide receiver in the first round to give him somebody else to throw to, that guy from Boston College. That's right. Hey, uh, Stephen, when you're not busy with football, you're very busy with one of our sponsors, Rich's Car Wash. How many locations around here? Uh, that's right. Uh, we have we have quite a few locally. Uh, I would say that we have uh, we're, we're pushing 30 throughout the southeast. That's from Houston, Texas, now into Georgia. So each one of our markets, we are looking to expand uh, in in a market that we're currently in. We're we're trying to grow a little bit more here and there. And it seems like. You have other car washes popping up, but Rich's is one of the most popular. Why is that? I mean, you have to stay ahead of the game, too, right? Well, you know, we've been here since uh, in Mobile since 1976. Uh, it's a it's a family name. We try to keep it uh, family owned, operated. Uh, we try to keep you know positive reputation. Uh, you know, 
sponsoring uh, charities, uh, you know, things like this, you know, radio station, uh, trying to keep keep a, a good image in the, in the public. We really appreciate it. We really do. All right, let's talk about uh, Mobile Christian football. Ronnie, when, uh, when do you guys get going again? Well, our, our spring practice begins Wednesday. Uh, we're doing some afternoon conditioning just to get the guys used to staying after school. We, we, we're going to do three days of that, and then we'll get started next week. But uh, the biggest news for us is we're going to have to practice at a different location. We're going to have to practice uh, at Cottage Hill Park because our field is being turfed. Uh, the next ah. level, the next level fundraising project for the school, which includes um, a magnificent STEM lab for our students, and they're going to renovate the old elementary school and also turf our football stadium. So it's going to benefit all athletics, but it's going to put us in a bind for until July because all our off-season stuff, spring, summer, is going to have to be somewhere else. So, Mark, we're going to be on buses. That's all I can tell you for a little while. <laughs> well, you look like you can handle a bus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're on one now. We're on a bus now. <laughs> you drive it? A nice bus. No, it? no. We're lucky to have old Keith Gallman, aren't we, Coach? He's, uh, he's, he's over reliable. Now, we're not talking about the football player, are we? No, he's no that, Coach bad. Gallman is our wide receiver, one of our wide receiver coaches. He always gets us there. Steven, what's it look like uh, with you coming back this year uh, from last year's team? Uh, it, looks, it looks pretty good. I think our, our, our defense is going to be strong, going to be fast. Uh, you know, the, the stuff that I that I guess I can control, we got, you know, we've got a reliable starter, a kicker, a punter, a field goal. It's the same guy. It's Carter Lewis. Uh, he'll be a sophomore this year. Snapper will be a sophomore this year. Uh, they, they started every game last year as freshmen. Uh, I've got to replace a senior holder. Uh, you know, that's kind of what my spring is about, is evaluating guys, get them in the right place to get ready for when we come back for summer. From a mindset, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't you going to Hattiesburg for your spring game? We are. Does that, does that add incentive to the players rather than, oh, we're going to have our own scrimmage or something like that, the fact that they're going to be playing another uh, team? Yeah, I, I, I think it's. I, I think they want to hit somebody else besides each other. You know, it, it's. Uh, you know, it's to get it's to get ready for your next opponent, and you know, that's who it so is. So they'll be playing. They'll be scrimmaging. I'm sorry, or practicing and maybe scrimmaging among themselves, getting ready. When right. is this game scheduled for? It's. Uh, it's scheduled for May 18th at 3:30 in the afternoon. Against. It's against St. Stanislaus, and I've never said that right. So if I pronounce it wrong, and you're from there, I'm sorry. That, but uh, they've got right. a good they've got a good program. That's like a and baseball powerhouse too. It, it is. They're really good. They're a good program. They're, they, this would be a really good spring game for us because it'll it'll challenge us some. But you know, we're also going to play one quarter of JV football, which will be good. But Stephen said it. We're trying to get the right pegs in the right holes with our team we're trying to see what we got and but we'd like to throw them out there and see if they can do it against a good team Stephen, uh, as far as preparation to get ready for a game like that give us some of the intricacies that you'd be working on and what you need to do how to get this team ready for next fall so so really i guess for us it's not necessarily what we're going up against it's it's if we can get our stuff ready and prepared you know 
our, our special teams, our offensive line figured out, our defensive line. You know, we're trying to get our guys in place in our in our scheme, especially for the new guys that were ineligible last year that are ready. You know, we got middle school guys that are coming up to varsity. It's just it's just a lot to get ready. College football is Georgia going to repeat third time? You know what? I, I, they got a pretty good chance. I know their regular season schedule. Everybody calls it a cupcake, but we can only play who's in front of us. Did you go to Georgia? No, no. But you were you're from that state, right? All right, just curious, Ronnie. Uh, the, the, the new guy coming in from Notre Dame, uh, Tyler Buckner, quarterback. I mean, you've been through colleges, you know, quarterbacks coming and going. Uh, how does this change the dynamic of the uh, Alabama quarterback position? Well, when when I was in college, we didn't have this many transfers. I know but, that. But, <laughs> but you know what? It's another example of how the portal has changed the NCAA. They have two quarterbacks in their program. One of them the Simpson kids very highly regarded, but they brought in a former five-star guy from Notre Dame. Uh, I call it roster management, Mark. I mean, it's turned into just pure roster management. They've got a talented guy that the offense coordinator knows. He knows their system, and so they brought him in. Well, what's interesting, a uh, little stat, uh, back in January, you know, after the season, uh, last season, everybody starts doing these Heisman lists. Buckner was nowhere to be seen, and rightfully so, right? He did. He wasn't even going to. He's not even starting this year at Notre Dame. He's creeped on a couple of Heisman lists. I think Fanduel has them listed. Now it's a complete and total long shot. It's a complete and total long shot. But dude's on a Heisman list already. Stephen, uh, let me ask you a question on Georgia. Where does Bennett get drafted? Uh, Bennett's a fifth or sixth round guy. He's he's one of those guys that uh, I don't I don't know that they're looking a lot. I think he's just going to be a backup for, you know, as long as he's in the league. What? Sterling. <laughs> okay. Maybe we can pop him in there in the uh, in the next segment. Kind of running out of time. Hey, now. you know what though? The big story to me in the draft, from a from a just overall perspective, was the Georgia D lineman going to the Eagles, and and you know for our players out there, I keep reminding them. Being a good person and doing all the things the right way, I mean, those situations that he had cost him a lot of money, Mark. He could, he should have been the first pick in the draft. Now, the great thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, they picked up a good player, but he still got to prove himself in those areas. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, Mark? Yeah, that was I mean, a huge pickup for a guy who could have been the very first pick. But no, no, it, it, it proves that off-the-field choices has consequences. And I think most people today would say he's incredibly fortunate that he got picked as high as he did. Because I think a lot of people thought he was going to slide even further. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a man that size cry, by the way. That, 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 man, was in, that man was in tears. Now, I'm surprised he didn't get winded crying because that's what happened at, at, at the combine. He, I mean, he showed up out of shape. All the, you know, there were, there were two issues with him. One was the legal issues with the car wreck. But the other thing was he showed up to the, the combine. He was completely out of shape. Uh, but it, it, it also goes to show you that if you have a good college career, that's going to supersede a lot of the pre-draft eval, eval uh, leading up to the draft. So it's, uh, it was compelling stuff for sure. Let's do this. Let's do a scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh, we continue here from Mobile Christian. Continue with your comments in the app. Uh, congratulations to Clayton Elder. He is the winner of the Traeger Grill, compliments of Bailey's TV and Mattress. He won our WNSP Draft Challenge. We'll get you some more details on that as well. 
some guy just walked in here we're going to talk to next. Don't let anybody in Air Sports One. We'll tell you who that is. Continue with your comments in the app about the draft. We got some stats that might blow your mind on Will Levis. Uh, my my statistician in here, Todd Weissong, doing some research, earning that coin, get getting his own bag here on a Friday. Stay with us right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, this is ESPN founder Bill Rasmussen, and you're listening to WNSP Mobile. With the fifth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Devin Witherspoon, quarterback, Illinois. All right, so... All right, 723, welcome back in. The Dr. Chris Ramonix Championship Drive from Mobile Christian continues. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to uh, a good friend of ours. Caldwell was out at the uh, WNSP Draft Challenge yesterday. He and his family, he's on his way to uh, to school over there in Saraland. So thanks for coming out, Caldwell. It was nice to meet you yesterday. Speaking of, we just heard uh, Goodell on Witherspoon. I watched that. He's from Pensacola, that family. So kudos. That's about the most local player yet to go in the draft. Uh, we'll be talking to a local player at Mobile Chris. But first, let's draft uh, Alec Naiman from uh, Naiman's Catering. Alex, good morning. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. I'm still waiting for my phone call. You know, I'm hoping they draft me. You know, if nothing else but to be the water boy. But uh, how y'all doing this weekend? Y'all doing good? Yes, we are. Got plenty going on, man. How can uh, people get hungry? What's the, what's their best option this weekend? Well, you know, we got some things going on. We got the regatta down at Dolphin Island. That's always a fun time. Got a lot of boats racing, and of course, my Jags are at home playing Troy this weekend. They're gonna double hitter, it, I think, today, and then skip the rain tomorrow and do Sunday. But, man, we got Mother's Day coming up. We've got graduation parties going on. we got teacher breakfasts and teacher appreciation things going on. So we love May. May's great. You know, we've had our showers. So we'll probably hopefully have some May flowers. But i tell you, let, call us anything, corporate lunch, corporate breakfast, delivery to your office, any of that kind of stuff, certainly your weddings after rehearsals and any kind of social event graduation party. So call us, 473-3900. Look us up on the web at namenscatering.com. And, of course, follow us on Facebook because we like that kind of stuff. And so, guys, uh, y'all just have a great weekend. And, and uh, come on out to Dolphin Island, watch a little sailboat racing there. And y'all just have a great one. And go Jack! How about as, that? as Alex pointed out, that schedule change, we gave away a lot of tickets to the Jags in Troy. They're playing a doubleheader today. Single game on Sunday. Uh, we got a full house here, Air Sports One. Two of our major sponsors are with us, Todd, of course, with uh, Beefo Brady's and Stephen Walker, assistant football coach at Mobile Christian, obviously with uh, one of our major sponsors in Rich's Car Wash. We also have maybe in five or six years, uh, and he's no stranger here. I think it's about your fourth time you've been interviewed by us, and you still have, what, three more years to go? Wow. <laughs> Only kidding. Uh, Sterling Dixon drops by to say hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. Bless can't complain. Uh, what did you think of the draft last night? Any, give us some of your thoughts. Um, I feel like uh, Will Anderson should have went first. Uh, he's actually my favorite college football player. So. Is he the guy that took you around up in Tuscaloosa? Uh, I met him, but not. Nah, it was Deontay Lawson. Oh, Lawson took you around. Yes, okay. Sir. So Will's your favorite? Most definitely. Are you going to be the next Will Anderson up there? Try to be. Try to be. 
So we were talking about this. Are you still being recruited heavily? Uh, yes, sir. I'm being heavily pursued by Auburn, LSU, uh, Tennessee, and Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> Anybody we know close to here that's pushing you for Georgia? Uh, Coach Walker. He's telling me about them every day. The, how often do coaches call you? Um, every day. It's, it's nonstop. Like, how, I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, though, uh, how how much of watching those guys get called does that impact your decision on where you're going when you see a bunch of Georgia guys go or a bunch of Alabama guys go? Is that the ultimate goal? De definitely. Um, I'm trying to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's, and I know that uh, the schools are going to develop me to get there. So, really, I'm just watching to see who has the most drop picks. Alabama is always top. So, uh, that, w that was definitely a part of my decision. But Well, if you're, I know you've committed to Alabama. So, can you just shut your phone off and uh, shut down everything and say that's where I'm going, if, in fact, that's where you really want to go? Oh, or? definitely. You could, you could definitely close your recruitment. But or do you enjoy this whole thing that's going on now? Uh, I definitely enjoy it. Uh, I just try to sit back and... Just, just enjoy the whole process because uh, you only get to do this one time. Yeah, I'm uh, just I don't know in the transfer on. portal. Some guys are doing it three and four times now. <laughs> All right, so I gotta ask you. I'm curious now because we were talking off there about certain cell phone numbers you have in your phone. How many SEC head coaches are programmed in your phone? Um, Coach Kelly, uh, Hugh Freeze, uh, Nick Saban. Uh, it's, it's it's a bunch. Um. Napier's from Florida. Freeze on there? Yes, Did you mention Freeze? Oh, okay. We talk every day. What, is, what do they say to you? I mean, um, what do they say every day? Uh, they just, they, they, it's not even them recruiting anymore. It's kind of them just really getting to learn me. Um, and they really just treat me like family. I love you, Freeze. Uh, he's definitely a guy that's close with God. You know, we go to a Christian school, so um, it's, that's very important to me. I love him. Man. I gotta get back to the cell phone thing. I'd have that phone under lock and key. That might be the most valuable phone in the city right now in the state. <laughs> can, we, can we borrow it? I wouldn't let that thing walk, man. I wouldn't let it. I bet you better have like two, 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 like authentications and all sorts of stuff on that phone. Most definitely. <laughs> How do you have saving, uh, saved in the phone? Tell everybody. Uh, called saving with like five golden money. <laughs> You play other sports during uh, besides football? Um, I was playing basketball, but I'm not going to be play be able to play next year just because I'm graduating early. So. And then you'll be leaving what in uh, uh, December? December. So we'll still get to talk to you in the fall then when we come out here again. Yes, he might sir. be a record for number of times we've talked to an athlete he at is. high school. Yeah, he is. He, I think you're up to four times now. Uh, you already you've already accomplished everything you wanted to accomplish here in our Hall of Fame. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for coming by. Uh, we're going to continue here on WNSP. Talk to the athletic director. We'll talk some soccer and golf here at uh, Mobile Christian. We'll tell you who won the big prizes yesterday at our WNSP draft challenge. And, of course, we'll take your comments in the app at WNSP.com. Stay with us right here on the sports station. It's the Dr. Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive. Dear Anthony, I just wanted to take this moment to express how incredibly proud I am of you. You have accomplished so much and have shown so much determination throughout your life. Your hard work and dedication has paid off in so many ways, and it is truly inspiring to see the person you have become, whether it is your academic achievements, your athletic achievements, or your personal growth. You have constantly pushed yourself to be the best you can be. I am honored to have a brother like you.
732, welcome back in. It's the Dr. Chris from Onyx Championship Drive. Hey, congratulations, Clayton Elder. You are the winner of the Traeger Girl Commons of Bailey's TV and Mattress. You nailed it on the WNSP Draft Challenge. And Morgan is the winner of the Bryce Young jersey that we kind of uh, drew names for as soon as he was drafted last night. It was great fun. Appreciate everybody coming out to walk-ons and uh, hanging out with us in WNSP. All right, uh, let's uh, give credit to some of our sponsors out here today for the Mobile Christian Championship Drive, Dirt Incorporated, New School Pools, JH Clinical, Dawes Point Pharmacy, and Red Pest Solutions. Appreciate them all coming aboard. You know, we had uh, Kelly Pitts, her daughter. Uh, we had the, the baseball coach, uh, Jason Smith. His son is going to be leaving now and going to Southern Miss. And for years when we come out here, always look forward to talking to Tommy Wasden, the headmaster at one time football. I, I think he did everything here. He may have even been the janitor for all I know. But he, he kind of helped this school get off the ground. And Tommy's now uh, left. But he left his two uh, sons to take over. And they're with us right now. Peyton, how you doing? Doing well. Excited to be back. Uh, exactly. And you're also coaching a little bit of golf now? Yeah, I'm helping out with the golf team um, a little bit, and then I'll be coaching uh, football as well. I'll be the quarterback's coach at coming fall. Really? Yes, sir. Okay, and you are the athletic director. Yes, Let's sir. not forget that. Why don't you give us an overview of the spring sports? It's been really good. Um, I got here in January, so I kind of just got tossed into the fire and um, – you know, been been real excited. It was the first time I really got to watch uh, my brother Gary. He'll speak on soccer here in a minute, um, but get to watch him um, coach a good bit and uh, made made many of those games. Obviously, the success of our baseball team and softball teams over the last you know five six years has been tremendous. So it's been fun to to watch some of those um, in action where I wouldn't really be able to to be down here in the last several years. Want to uh, congratulate Matthew Thompson and Noel Crawford there uh, for men's and women's golf. They're named the Beepo Brady's Student Athletes of the Week, so they'll get a uh, certificate for uh, the Tillman's Corner location for a complimentary meal. Good deal. Awesome. That, that, so those are actually for soccer. Oh, I read the wrong one. I'm sorry. That's soccer. <laughs> that, that's okay, but but uh, Coach Wazen here can speak on, on those a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Really good players. Um, done a lot for us this past year. Noel's a senior. She'll be going off, but Matthew will still be with us for a couple years, so really excited about them. Yeah, and hey, he stayed up late. Give him yeah. a break, Todd. <laughs> hey, give him a break. He was sorry. That's all matters. Thank you for break. pointing that out. I apologize. <laughs> and to be fair, my batting average, if I may use a term from your favorite sport, if we do indeed call that a sport, is what? <laughs> is Jeez. that we do this, what, I do 10 of these a week? This will eight today, so don't give me an excuse. Now. Right, all right. It's fantastic radio to talk to somebody who isn't on the air. Uh, no, congratulations to Kristen Rachel and Connor Eubanks uh, for their awards in golf. Yeah, so th those are a couple of our uh, golf athletes, um, and so they'll actually be going um, to sectionals here on Monday and Tuesday. Um, one's in Andalusia at the Country Club there, and then one's at um, the, the RTJ over in, in Greenville. Uh, we've got Adley Marshall, Kristen Rachel, and Olivia Spann will be competing for the girls at the sectionals, and then uh, Connor Eubanks and James Steger will be with, with the boys, so I'm um, looking forward to, to seeing them um, up there next week. All right, Gary, it's your turn. All right. All right, I didn't even <laughs> sit by. You're not going to take a back seat to your brother, are you? Nah, every once in a while I'll be up there. All right, so uh, what do you know about soccer? A little bit, a little bit about soccer. Um, around here, you know, we're, we're still very much developing our, our, our team. You know, we've been so successful in so many spring sports here for so long. Uh, I was actually on the first soccer team at Mobile Christian, um, I think back in 2015. Um, 
played my junior and senior year and then came back to help coach uh, as soon as I could. It's really, we have a lot of fun. Um, we have a lot of, of kids who love the game. And for me, coaching, playing, it's all about enjoying it, but also just developing some life lessons along the way. Oh, so. What about the team? Are they still active? Are so they? we're not so active. We did finish up. Um, we did finish up recently. Um, we have had a younger team the last couple years. We actually played JV schedule a couple years ago. Um, we are just now getting back into the varsity side of things, and so it's been something that's been really, really cool for us to do. Uh, this year we won our, our first big uh, area game uh, on the varsity level in several years, and that was something that was a ton of fun. Uh, the kids loved it. I loved it. Uh, it was a it was a blast. And so, we've done a lot of really really good stuff. Um, and we're just going to continue to grow on that. We're a young team, and so we're going to keep trying to build up those kids. So, like at birth, uh, at the Wasdens, you're all, you're all wide receivers, right? I mean, the right right yeah, the uncle had the great career right at Auburn, and every, did everybody in the family play wide receiver? Everybody except for dad. Yeah. Our, our yeah. dad was a quarterback, and so he kind of instilled some of those QB concepts into our heads and so we could kind of be a receiver out there and try our best to know where the quarterback was going to want to throw the ball and then be that guy. So you guys are kind of like the Mannings of wide receivers at Mobile Christian. <laughs> for, for a little bit we were, yes sir. If you want to say that, yeah. we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a wide receiver camp anytime soon? I, I've put some thought into it, uh, but just never, never uh, let it come to fruition. So like when uh, David Morris says QB country, he doesn't call you and said send some wide receivers down here? No, but if y'all got a connection with him, that's a great idea. Tell him to, to look me up. We'll get something to put together. Who is the better wide receiver, Gary, you or your brother, Peyton? The, the way I always like to answer that, I try to be very respectful of both of us. Peyton was a lot faster than I was, and so the go ball was his, and so he burned somebody every second he could, and then I was a lot quicker than he was, so I was a lot more slants and quick routes, and uh, we both had a lot of success out there, though. Your, your uncle had a really good career at Auburn. Did either of you play wide receiver? I think you did. Didn't you, Peyton, in college? So I, I went to Troy to play. I walked on up there, um, and I had a, a back injury my freshman year, and so um, that just kind of became the opportunity. I said, hey, do you want to be a, a student assistant coach for us? And so I, I took that opportunity and uh, worked with Coach Blakeney up there, worked with my uncle, um, Kenny Edenfields. I was around some really good coaches and, and got to learn a lot in my time there. How about you, Gary? Did you I, want to play uh, ball? I had some opportunity, um, but I decided to, to hang it up after MCS. Um, seeing his injury as well as some of my family's, uh, I decided a lot of those quick slant routes ended in some pretty solid contact. And so I uh, decided to hang it up a little early and um, don't regret it. Uh, but I do. I did love watching, watching Peyton and um, – my dad coached all those years, and now I came back and got to do some of those coaching as well. So, Well, guys, thank you so much for coming by. We really do appreciate it, and uh, we wish you guys the best of luck moving forward. Sounds thank like y'all's you got much. plates pretty full. <laughs> yeah, yeah no we've got, got a lot going on in the Wisen household. Say hello to Tom for us. I sure we'll will. Yes, sir. Yes, did a great job getting the school going, and we always enjoyed having him out here. And next time, hopefully, he'll come by and join both of you. Yeah, yeah be great. We, we might get him on here sometime. That's mm -hmm. great. Peyton, of course, the athletic director, and slash a little bit of golf, and, of course, Garen does soccer. Thanks, guys. No problem. All right, we got some time if you guys want to jump in on the draft last night. Uh, round two actually starts an hour earlier tonight, uh, so if you make sure you tune in there. But uh, there's some guys uh, still on the board that are, are 
getting some attention. No, none more than Will Levis. A couple of stats, by the way. Do you see this? So ESPN Analytics put out there there was a 92% chance that Will Levis was going to get picked in the top 10. Not the first round, the top 10. And he fell out of the first round. And then uh, Todd over here doing his research found an interesting stat that Will Levis was shown 37 times on television during the first round. Okay, so That was 29 times more than any other person that was shown. And my question is, is it because it was Will Levis or because... His girlfriend was getting so much attention on social media. Probably a little bit of both, but, you know, I started to think, wow, that much TV time, that's got to benefit you. But then I'm thinking, nah, because he, the money in the difference that he's losing by being, uh, he, I assume, a second rounder if he gets picked in the second round, but the money he's lost in the first round. And I heard another stat that there was a, only a 1% chance that he wouldn't be drafted in the first round. Less than a 1% chance, and he did not. And I, I find it really amusing if, if it's because he had a toe injury. I mean, you can't recover from a toe injury in, in time for when you have to start competing out there. Now, I never felt that he was, you know, to me, a, a, this just me, he didn't have a great career. Remember, he left Penn State. We talked a lot about Penn State in, in this uh, earlier today. Uh, but he left Penn State. I'm assuming he left because maybe he couldn't beat out uh, Clifford. It was up there. But, you know, he had a, a kind of a, to me, a plotting career this year, Mark. He had some good games. But, again, you know, he was hurt a few times. And, you know, he really didn't have a full year, you know, with the Kentucky football program. But he surprised that surprised a lot of people because, you know, the draft Knicks, they had him going in the top ten. So congratulations to uh, Nick Triple G Wiggins out there. He was pushing Anthony Richardson hard. And dude went way earlier than a lot of people anticipated, except for Nick. So he got it right. So kudos to him. But it was Haim who came through with the order of quarterbacks selected. Now, we picked five, and only three got picked. But uh, it was Bryce, who we all knew was going to go. And then the question was, was C.J. Stroud? Because I think a lot of people thought it was going to be Stroud who dropped, not Levis. I had Stroud going second, and I thought somebody was going to pick Richardson and take a shot on him earlier than, than Levis got picked up. I was surprised, though, it was that early. That was that was, that was was early. And, and obviously that had a direct impact on Levis and, and his uh, in, 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 in his status. Now, that you're, you're, you thought the biggest surprise of the draft was the way running backs got taken. Oh, yeah. John Robinson, it yeah. was a good night for Wiggins. And I'm not criticizing in Atlanta. I'm not criticizing one bit. I mean, he was – Mel Kuyper, if you buy into that, had him picked as like the, the second best athlete or the second best pick. He had him way, way up there. But because of this – I don't know why it changed over the years, but that wide uh, that running backs have become like, oh, you don't need them in the first or second round. You can just plug in wherever you want to. I've never felt that way. I mean, running backs are still very, very important. My biggest surprise was two running backs going before any wide receivers because in the past, wide receivers have become such a commodity, and then they didn't have a receiver go until the 20th pick it was, and they went 20, 21, 22, 23. But by then, uh, Gibbs, who I, that would surprise me too that he went as high as number 12, but not Robinson. Robinson was pegged as a surefire type of guy, and you put him into an offense. To me, running backs can start right away, Mark. You know, quarterbacks you're not sure about and all that, but running backs, they can start 
right from day one. So I'm not surprised that he was picked so high, but the fact is that teams seem to shy away from running backs because they think they're expendable. Yeah. Now, I, the Gibbs going as high as he did certainly surprised me more than Bijan going uh in the top ten. I would have liked to see him go to the Saints, too. But it, by, by, by then, it was gone. I'm just uh, – I, I hope the Saints do well. But a, to, guy, a, to get a guy that's been in and out of the lineup with injuries, that's a red flag to me because if you're injured in college, who's to say you're going to come into the pros and, and, and go through there without getting – you know, losing games because of injuries? Because, as you know, the Saints have had problems with their defense, especially the um, Davenport. Uh, when they had him, yeah. he had all sorts of injuries coming in. I, th- I think he didn't even play much his first year. I don't think he's with them now. But, the, you know, to me, I, you got to go with somebody that's been there, done that. Yeah, well, you know, it's, and we're going to talk to Jim Nagy coming up at 8 o'clock. And I think we saw examples of both extremes. We talk about what's more important or more of a priority for NFL franchises when they're looking at a, a prospect. Do you look at the college film or – do you take a a hard look at the pre-draft evaluation? And I think yesterday we saw that it worked out for two guys on two very different um, levels, right? So Anthony Richardson had hardly any college tape, right, but excelled in the pre-draft process, right, with the S2 and the combine and the pro day, or not the uh, combine, but the pro day, and he goes high. And then you look over at Georgia, right, and there he is with the with the uh, great college film. He gets into the accident. He's not in shape at the combine, and he yet he still goes top ten. Um, I thought it was a tale of two very different stories in the way in which they got there. Carter, before the draft and before the uh, the accident and before the combine, was considered the best. Let's say the can't miss prospect by many. He was considered by many to be the one guy you could be sure of that you bring him in and you got a surefire NFL All-Pro. Obviously, some of that slipped, but still winds up getting picked by the Eagles, and you know they're very happy about it. So it, it's a very good pickup for them. Uh, and then, of course, they got Nolan Smith, who slipped a lot further than most people thought he would. Look, uh, kudos to Richardson for getting drafted high. It means a lot of money. I don't, I don't think that's a good choice by the Colts that high. But if it works out for him, more power to him. And, again, I, I subscribe to the theory, what have you done for me on the field? He missed games because of injuries and everything. And I was just saying about you like to get a guy that at least stayed healthy through his college career because that's a red flag there. So we'll see how that pans out uh, you know, for Richardson. But, obviously, getting picked fourth means a lot of money for him. So congratulations to him. And and how many of you, in all honesty, how many of you guys, when Houston went C.J. Stroud, and then they announced that there's a trade in the works and that Houston's moving up for another pick, seriously, how many of y'all were thinking, man, this is like draft day. This is totally like Kevin Costner and Sonny Weaver Jr. doing his thing. Ronnie Cottrell is going to join us here in just a second. He raised his hand. Todd over there being just a curmudgeon over there said, no, no, not me. So... We'll debate that coming up here in just a little bit. But a number of storylines after day one. We want to hear from you guys throughout the rest of our show at 694-1055. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number two. Uh, Ronnie's going to sit in with us. Uh, Jim Nagy set for hour number three as well. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the Dr. Chris Vermonex Championship Drive. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of Mobile Christian right here on the sports station WNSP.
Hi, I'm Joe Godfrey. I'm a big fan of 105.5 WNSP Sports. With the 22nd pick in the 2023 draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Zay Flowers, wide receiver, Boston College. Seven fifty-one. Welcome in. Wrapping up our number two here on this Friday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. It's our Dr. Chris Romanek's Championship Drive. Mark and Lee and Air Sports One. We're on the campus of Mobile Christian. I want to thank Will Barnes family at McDonald's restaurants, Greer's Market, and Cash Saver among our sponsors. Of course, Beefo Brady's. Uh, Todd spent most of the time in here with us this morning. He's on his way to open up at uh, ten. Uh, Rich's Car Wash. Uh, do appreciate them coming aboard along with Ward International Trucks. LNS air conditioning and green and phillips attorneys you just heard roger goodell talk about flowers and uh, the big story really with the ravens was the signing of lamar jackson all this turmoil all this drama would he or would he not be a raven well he is five-year extension averaging out to 52 million dollars a year which is slightly more than jalen hurts it's a it's a crazy quarterback market right now and with a couple guys still out there it's only going to go higher so um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on things. Ronnie Cottrell sitting in with us, sir. You, for one, you, you, you understood what I was saying when Houston I made that, that, that trade. It, you couldn't help but think about. Well, it, it certainly showed that they were, they were there to play and get some players. Yeah. But uh, Will Anderson was a huge pickup for them. I think he's one of the premier players uh, of all time, and, and he's the kind of guy they want. But. That's what makes the draft fun is the trades and sure. and the shifts. but um, And watching everybody react to what happened in front of them, right? But I think it certainly drew attention to the Texans for, for them to get those picks together. And, and with our WNSP draft challenge now, I think we, we mentioned McShay and Kuyper all both moved Anderson to number two in their final mocks yesterday, just hours before the draft. So it was common knowledge or for a lot of people that Will Anderson was going to go number two to the Texans. So it's as close to being right to a pick as you can be and still be wrong in our contest because they had him two to the Texans. He actually went three to the Texans. Thanks to Triple G scoring, you did get five points because he was within well, one. And again, with D'Amico Ryans taking over at Houston, former Alabama linebacker and defensive coordinator for San Francisco, you knew he had to feel good uh, about getting a defensive standout, obviously, because I'm sure his mindset is to build up that defense because that's basically what's been the, the staple of the 49ers. Yeah, you know, they, they've been a really, really good team, but they rely on that defense a lot. And I, I know Ryan's, I don't know if you pinpointed and sat him down privately and said, who would you rather have, Stroud or Anderson? He may have said Anderson, but they get them both. So he's got to be pretty happy today. Well, I, I heard you guys earlier talking about the quarterback situation from with the kid from Kentucky. Yeah. Um, one of the guys on the screen, I won't knock him out, but he had him picked as a top, the best player, best quarterback. Yeah, there in were the, many that did. But he's, it's probably going to work out better for him. He's going to end up being in a good place. But... Not financially. No, that's, that's the thing. I mean, and I'm not knocking the kid, but I'm just saying, if you're not in that first round or among those first ten or so, you know, the money decreases. Now, of course, they always say, though, your big contract's your second contract. So, Well, also, in their, in their early years, the uh, 
promotional marketing money that they make is sometimes you know, very substantial. There was another quarterback years ago. His name was Rosen out of UCLA. Do you remember? I think he went 10th, and he said, "I'm." Go- this is a chip on my shoulder. You're, uh, to everybody who went before him, you're going to regret not picking me. His career never went anywhere. <laughs> so you never know about these things because that was like, okay, you didn't pick me. I'm going to get you, right? Well, he, it never panned out. He, he's moved around from a team to a team to a team, and I know he gets tryouts still. But, you know, he went 10th in the draft and nothing happened with his career. Uh, you guys can jump in, 694-1055. What was your favorite part of round one? Which surprised you most? Um, and how much of you, how many of you were enthralled by the whole Will Levis? There's always that guy, right? There's always that guy that's sitting in the green room. And I know there are people that say, all right, enough's enough. But it's the drama. It's, it's what has people coming back. And look, y'all are laughing at me, but seriously, i tell you who's trending right now. The big winner in all that is Will Levis' girlfriend. She started trending on social media. Like, you find out who she is. It was kind of a it was kind of a Catherine Webb moment for this girl who, who is a social media influencer. She's got thousands and thousands of social media followers. And then she disappeared, Lee, and there was a blonde on his shoulder. And so everybody was asking, did, did he trade girlfriends? Did his girlfriend leave him for a first-round pick? Uh, did... It was that his sister. Like, there was all sorts of conspiracy theories going on. So, Will Levis was shown shown 37 times throughout the first round, 29 times more than anyone else. And I guarantee you, a lot of that reason was because he wasn't going and he was still sitting there, but also because Gia Dunn was sitting on his arm. Think, I'm just uh, saying, Coach. Roger Goodell would have preferred to hug her than 31 guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say so. I'd well, say I was so. I was still surprised he wasn't taken. I was surprised. But the, but the, the reason we're surprised is because all the the, the, the so-called soothsayers, all these uh, NFL talking heads, had him going so high. I mean, and I'll go back even with Brian Branch of Alabama. He was pegged as a surefire first rounder. Gibbs wasn't. I mean, you didn't hear anything about Gibbs until just a couple of days ago, and it was Branch was going to be the third Alabama player to go, and that poor guy is still in the as it's, it didn't look like a green room as they changed the colors. But speaking of the green room, <laughs> didn't look I, like I was really impressed. It was a pretty with, neat room there. That I thought it was pretty neat. I was impressed with the the way the whole setup was. I mean, it was amazing how many people were at the, that yeah. draft. Yeah. But uh, the Kansas City. That upset everybody. Everybody was booing the Kansas City guys at the beginning, but no, I thought you mean Mahomes and Kelsey. Oh my gosh, when they were introduced. The, the other fans from the other oh, teams were okay. getting him, but I, it was an amazing event. It'll be even better tonight, probably. I, I look, I I know those those people who attend those have a lot more information. I'm talking about the fans. They know a lot more than I do because there are a lot of names in there in that first round I was just not familiar with, right? Okay, I'll be honest about it. But I'm sure the fans that go out here, they study this and they know exactly. It's like when Jason Smith was here earlier and, you know, he said I was a nobody and I went to my first game at Wrigley Field and all of a sudden fans are coming up and they knew who I was, you know, and I, I felt a, And I think that's the way it is with some of these you know, players too because, you know, although I will say this, you know that there was not a player taken that wasn't from a Power Five? I was a little surprised at that. Everybody who was taken, uh, whether it was SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, or ACC, there was not a first-rounder that was not from a Power Five. Well, I think, I think it's been beaten up, but 
there's so many analysts, there's so many guys that have opinions, and uh, and even NFL guys say, well, he's a first-round pick. If you got a hundred guys that are being said they're going to be first-round picks, there's somebody's going to be left in that room every year. And I think part of the drama is watching how that well, guy handles here's it. Here's something to think about. The NBA draft is coming up in June. I think there's over 274 players that have put their name into the but hat But I'll say right this. Now. It's worth the risk for that experience it to is. be a part of that. It so is. I'm not hating. I'm not feeling terrible for Will Levis. It's an awkward situation to be in. But if you asked him if he'd be willing to do it again, I, I bet you he would. Isn't it part of the business, though? I think so. I think so. Aaron Rodgers, that's what happened when he slipped all the way down. Remember him? In oh, yeah, but I thought he handled I really thought the guy handled it good last night. I really hey, did. Jim Nagy's next. Stay with us. It's WNSP. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 804. Welcome back in the Dr. Christopher Monix Championship Drive. Hour number three. Thanks for hanging with us on this Friday. We're in Air Sports One on the campus of Mobile Christian. Want to congratulate our winners from last night's WNSP Draft Challenge. Really enjoyed being out at walk-ons. Thanks to Wes and all the fine folks out there for having us. Great turnout. Um, Clayton Elder is the winner of our WNSP Draft Challenge. He gets the Traeger Grill compliments of Bailey's TV and mattress. Well done. And Morgan won the Bryce Young jersey compliments of the vault. Again, want to thank all you guys for coming out. It was great to hang with you guys and, uh, and, and watch the draft. Some of the headlines, uh, and I'm going to put the draft aside for a second because I want to get into that with uh, Jim Nagy, the senior bowl. But Lamar Jackson signs a five-year contract extension with the Ravens, which will pay about $52 million a year. Uh, former Notre Dame quarterback uh, Tyler Buckner transfers to Alabama. Uh, they've already put the schedule together. It's kind of preliminary, but when they expand the playoffs to 12 teams, they'll start the uh, first round, third week of December, play it out to the championship on January 20th. Big story, of course, the NFL draft, and who better than to get the analysis from Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy. Jim, welcome to the show this morning on the opening kickoff. Good morning. How are you today? I'm I'm good guys but I'm tired. I feel like uh I feel like I'm in uh, I'm, I feel like a young Lee Shervanian. I was up I was filing a column for the 33rd team at 2 a.m. last night. So wow. Um beat, beat trying to beat deadlines like you two guys. All right, uh an overview of the uh, the trap before we get into particular questions. How did you size up the first round? Uh Dude, I mean, it always kind of the narrative always kind of starts with the quarterback. So it was uh, a little bit surprising that that Will Levis fell all the way out of the first round, and then Hennon Hooker didn't go either. So that's uh, only left three of them when people thought there could be five. And uh, you know, I, I tweeted something last night. I feel like it, it seems like a little bit of a homer statement, but I I thought Seattle um, and the Philadelphia Eagles were the two big winners that night. I thought I thought both those teams used the two picks they had. Um, and just really maximized it. I, so it, it it came off a little a little crazy. Um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of teams with surprise picks there in the middle, middle of the round. But it made sense because talking to teams, everyone kind of felt like after like the twelfth pick, um, 
you could get the same guy at 13 that you could get at 45. So, yeah. I mean, it really, it really provided some chaos. Jim, I thought one of the interesting things, and I say surprised only because that two running backs went before any wide receivers did. How did you see that? Yeah, I mean, if you just look at where the draft is at the last couple of years and, the you know, um, getting the analytics involved, I mean, the, the analytics folks do not like running backs going up high. So, um, yeah, that was a little surprising. And Jameer Gibbs going that high was a real surprise. Now, he's a good yeah. football player, and, and uh, there's no doubt about that. But 12 overall when they, you know, people thought he had a chance of sneaking into the first round. I mean, 12 overall isn't really sneaking into the first round. So same thing with Jack Campbell, the linebacker they took. I mean, both those guys are good football players, but part of a good draft is knowing where guys are going to go and where the league has them. And, and both those players, I mean, Jack Campbell is projected to be an early to mid-second round pick. So, uh, again, good football players. And maybe Brad Holmes, the GM of Detroit, has, you know, knows something I don't know about, you know, another team liking Jameer Gibbs that high. Um, I just thought they could have waited and, and, and maybe gotten – they could have gotten Gibbs at 18, uh, probably got him, could have traded back and got him later than that. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting. The two backs went before the wideouts. Yeah, I, I was speaking all week, Jim, about Gibbs maybe being there when the Saints, whether the Saints, because of the whole Camaro Liga situation, whether they would maybe chomp at the bit if he were around. So I was as surprised as anybody. But, yeah, he's, he's going to be a hell of a player in the league. The other thing I wanted to, I've been dying to ask you since it kind of happened, it's, we, we talk so much, Jim, about, you know, college film versus pre-draft process and which one is more valuable. And, man, I'm beginning to think they're equally as important after watching what happened with Anthony Richardson, who clearly didn't have a whole lot of college tape. That was kind of the knock, but just killed it in the pre-draft process. And then you have Jalen Carter, who killed it during the year, but had a terrible pre-draft process. They both go top ten. Well, I'll use one qualifier, Mark. I mean, Jalen Carter killed it when he wanted to. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, to those two players, I think that, you know, Anthony, Anthony's got rare stuff. And I heard you, you, you getting on the young guy on the show yesterday that he was talking about Anthony Richardson. Um, he would have been my pick if I were the Colts. They needed to take a quarterback. They've recycled the, the veterans for, for far too long. Um, and to me, there was he was the – he was the guy you got a chance to hit a home run on. I mean, he's got a higher ceiling than Bryce Young. This guy's got stuff we haven't seen at the quarterback position. Um, so, and I don't think he's as raw as people think. You know, you watch the tape. I mean, he really didn't have a great supporting cast at Florida this year. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an ideal situation for the Colts now because they have Gardner Minshew, who I've always been a big believer in, and the guy won seven games as a rookie on a really bad Jaguars roster. So they can, they can play Gardner next year, and if they get into December and they're kind of out of the race, then they can get Anthony Richardson some snaps and get him rolling into 2024. But um, you've, got a, you've got a chance to hit a home run with Anthony Richardson. So that, that's that part of it. I mean, it's not like they're – it's not like he's just, a, you know, got good talent. I mean, the guy's got crazy talent. Um, I mean, he, met, he has more wow tape than any quarterback in this draft. I mean, some of the throws and some of the runs. So, so I, there's that, and then uh, – you know, and and then the and then the other guy was was uh, Jalen Carter, and yeah, he's he's you know he's arguably the the second or third most talented player in this draft. You know, I, I think Bijan Robinson, the running back from Texas, was up there too. But but uh, you know, I think Jalen's going to a good spot. You know, I didn't like him going to Seattle. I'm glad my Seattle Seahawks resisted that temptation. Uh, but but in Philly uh, with Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, who who the guys in Athens told me that Jalen Carter really looks up to both those guys. 
Um, and then they add Nolan Smith, another teammate who was a captain on that Georgia football team. So now he's got three guys from Georgia, from Athens, yeah. that will hold him accountable and hopefully know how to push his buttons a little bit and motivate him because that's really the biggest challenge with Jalen is, is, you know, the question is, does he love football? Because um, you put on the tape and he doesn't play like a guy that really loves it. Um, so if any team has a, if any team has a chance to hit on Jalen Carter, it's the Philadelphia Eagles, all those guys that he's going to be playing with from Athens. We're going to catch up to you on Monday and, and get a whole lot of uh, Senior Bowl uh, information, but were there Senior Bowlers picked in the first round yesterday? Yeah, we had a top 10 pick. Lee Darnell Wright went number 10 overall to Chicago Bears. Um, we, had two, we had a top 15, and then Will McDonald, uh, the pass rusher from Iowa State, went 15 to the Jets. Um, so, yeah, those, those were the two guys. They went high. I mean, I think Darnell Wright's our highest-drafted highest non-quarterback in a long time. Um, that's pretty good. So excited for Darnell. Um, I just was texting with his agent this morning. There's a lot of agents. You know, Darnell was kind of projected to go in the, the early to middle second round when this whole process started. And when you when you get projections like that, a lot of agents will hold guys out of playing in the senior bowl. And to his credit, his agent's a former NFL offensive lineman, Jeremy Newberry, and, and, and Jeremy gets it. You know, we, we were texting this morning. I said, you're one of the only guys that gets it. And it and you, you go from the middle of the second to the, the top of the first. I mean, Darnell Wright made millions and millions and millions of dollars over the last, you know, three months of his life. So, uh, so yeah, that was a good one. Good to get a top ten guy. Jim Nagy, our guest here uh, on WNSP. I wanted, uh, from, a, from an NFL perspective in, in working for these franchises around draft time, how much time do these guys spend trying to figure out what other franchises that pick around them are looking to select, and the only reason I, re- I see uh, I ask that is because there were a couple instances last night where guys or franchises were moving up one spot, or they were trying to get back in. I mean, Houston was the obvious example where they jumped back in. But it, it, how much do you need to know what the other guy is doing so that you know you can get your guy? Yeah, and, and with Darnell Wright. Um, it happened. Yeah. The, the Philadelphia Eagles traded up to nine. They moved from nine to ten. They moved from ten to nine. Um, gave up a pick and and uh, and took Jalen Carter at nine. And the Bears got the guy they wanted at ten. So Ryan Poles, or Chicago's GM, moved back one spot and got, and got an extra pick. But yeah, that's a big part of it. Mark is the strategy part, and, and you have your scouts on the road, and they're talking to guys at pro days, and um, you're trying to get a feel. You know, the, the 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 key thing we always said, you know, get in get information, don't give information. So we wanted our scouts to to be really tight-lipped about what we thought as a team. And, and, you know, there's some scouts out there. I mean, it's just people in general. People want to tell you what they, you know, think they know, right? I mean, if you tap into that, if you tap into that part of most people's psyche, uh, you can get some good information. I mean, that's, that's human nature. People want to tell you what they, what they know. So um, that is a big part of it. Just like going back to that Lions conversation and Jameer Gibbs and, and their first two first-round picks. I mean, you, you have to know where the, where the rest of the league has players. And, and, again, trading up like that one spot like Philly did, and, and I don't know what they gave up, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick. Um, if that's the player you really want, it's worth it, you know, um, to, secure, to secure the guy you really want. I'm sure in the second round you're going to hear a lot, well, this guy was taken, he was a surefire first-rounder, he slipped and this and that. In your opinion, uh, what player or players do you think – really were supposed to be first-rounders. And you can put Will Levis aside because we've already talked about him. But is there anybody else out there that you were really surprised they did not go in the first round? Well, I mean, one name, and and, and I'll get a little bit on a soapbox here in terms of just the overall, this whole overall draft thing, is, is the tight end from Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. 
uh, with a guy that had a big game on national TV for Notre Dame about three years ago as a true freshman. And ever since then, he was just, he was a surefire top 10 pick or top 15 pick. And, you know, the draft media didn't want to hear anything but that. And, you know, we, we, we watched Michael in the office a couple weeks ago, and, man, I just didn't see a first-round player. So um, it makes sense to me that he flipped out. But it's just funny how, you know, we get on this, we get on these narratives and, and the, on the media side of it. We see a guy, you know, playing on television one night on a late-night primetime national ESPN game, and then he's, he's just a first-round pick the rest of his career no matter what else happens. So um, he was the guy I think was a little bit of a surprise that the Michael Mayer uh, fell out of the first round. But that's what I said. I mean, everyone felt like, you know, from 13 to 45, you get the same exact player. So it's, it's really not a shock that any of them fell out because um, it was just the flavor of the week. Like which team, I mean, these teams boards are probably all over the place when it comes to all these players, but they're all, they're probably all in the same range. Um, so I think teams were really attacking a lot of needs last night. So, you know, we will, we're going to start off day two here. I think you're going to see senior bowlers flying off the board in the second round. I think we're going to – last year we dominated the third round. I think we're going to dominate the second round tonight. Jim, great stuff, man. Uh, get some sleep. You deserve it. Uh, now you know how the other side lives with those, with those content deadlines, sir stressful yeah it's not fun living man i was uh i had to to sleep on the i had to sleep on the couch last night so i didn't wake up my wife i mean it was uh i know what you guys are i know i know what you guys are living through now all right so let me throw you a curveball before i let you go now um will who who's more of a first round talent will levis or will levis's girlfriend who was trending just as much as he was last night on social media Ooh, I didn't. Uh, I actually, I swear, I didn't even see that. You know, we had our draft party last, our senior bowl draft party at, at Crown Hall, um, and I was just, you know, walking around the room and talking to people. I didn't even see her. So uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing a potential first round quarterback at University of Kentucky has a has a cute girlfriend, but I, I didn't get a chance to see her. What do you say, Mark? I mean, who's uh, who would you give the higher grade to? Well, I would definitely give the higher grade. Because of the toe injury to Levis, I'm going to have to go with the girlfriend there. I think that the ceiling is a lot higher. Her name, by the way, is Gia <laughs> Duddy, and she she goes to Penn State. Look, Will Levis was shown on TV 37 times through the first round, Jim. That's 29 oh, times that. more than any... 29 times more than anyone else, but I'm saying at least 20% of that was to get the girlfriend's reaction. I'm just throwing that out there. It's speculation on my part. You know how you I know how you feel about draft speculation, but I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, slime, slimy camera guys at the networks, I guess, right? They're focused on her. That's that's not good. But how about this one? How about this for uh, for a draft night? Um, a buddy of mine, Patrick Collins at, at CAA, the, the big agency, he had Bryce Young, right? So he has the number one yeah. overall pick, but he also had Will Levis. So you talk oh, really? about, uh, you know, polarizing feelings coming yeah. out of your, your Thursday night of the draft. You've got the number one <laughs> overall pick, and then you got a guy that was shown 37 times on TV for not getting picked in the first round. So uh, yep. crazy night, and, and tonight's going to be a lot of fun too. Yeah, it really was. Hey, man, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Have a good uh, good weekend. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll do traffic and weather. Uh, John Ricchetti will be along for the Millie Golf Report. Uh, Ronnie Cottrell in uh, Air Sports 1 with us because it's the Dr. Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive. We're here uh, at Mobile Christian. Uh, you guys can jump in on the conversation at 694-1055. And, of course, continue with those comments in the app at WNSP.com. Stay with us. Plenty left on a Friday edition.
War Eagle, this is Butch Thompson, head baseball coach at Auburn University. You're listening to WNSP. What are you bringing? What are fans getting in you? They're just getting a complete player, a complete person, a high-character player, but also a good player, you know what I'm saying? It's going to go out there, do his job every snap, relentless motor, high mindset, good motivation, good energy on the team, jumping up and down, and that's what I'm all about, and I'm ready. I don't even have to say it, but go get it. Go get it, let's go. 824, welcome back in. That Will Anderson, as many of you probably predicted last night at our WNSP Draft Challenge, selected by the Houston Texans, where you only got half credit, though, was he wasn't selected two. He was selected three after they traded back up. All right, let's talk some golf now with John Ricchetti and the Miller Lite Golf Report. Johnny, I know they're playing some golf in Mexico. What about the rest of the, uh, uh, the country? Anything going on here in the States? Well, no, not really. I mean, a lot of uh, conference uh, golf championships and collegiate golf, uh, both men's and uh, uh, men's and women's golf is getting on. I know uh, a lot of teams vying for the conference championships were wound up, wound up yesterday and uh, so forth. So uh, that's going on. We got the state high school playoffs, a road to the championship for high school boys and girls getting ready to kick off Monday. I wish all our teams best of luck there. But the PGA Tour, as you mentioned, Lee, is in Mexico. John Rahm, the defending champion uh, of that event, uh, he opened up with a four under par 67. But uh, first-round leader Austin Smotherman at eight under par 63. His play is just about to get underway down in Mexico right now. He played his collegiate golf at SMU. Hasn't really had much success on the PGA Tour, but he is a rookie, and uh, hopefully he can hang on and uh, have a good event uh, there. Our Mo- Robbie Shelton from Mobile, one under par, 70 in opening round, stands like around 60th place, so he's going to have to play a solid round of golf today to make it on to the weekend as uh, he continues to uh, move forward and to, to, to keep his playing privileges for 2024. Also, Live Golf is in Singapore, hot off their uh, uh, great event down in Australia. They're in Singapore, and the, the, in the rain, last week's champion, Taylor Gooch, is leading down in uh, Singapore also after round one in Live Golf. So other than that, pretty much uh, quiet uh, in the world of golf. Uh, I know we got some local boys playing up in the uh, state four-ball championship, Alabama State four-ball championship up at Limestone Springs just north of Birmingham. Wish all those players uh, some luck there. But other than that, uh, you know, just uh, high school getting ready to kick off Monday, the road to the state championship. we got a lot of young, young, really good players in both boys and girls, and we wish them all the best of luck as they try to uh, achieve the goal of winning a state championship. Appreciate it, Johnny. We'll check in with you Monday. Do want to thank some of the sponsors that have made our ride out here to Mobile Christian a big success, like Dirt Incorporated, Rest Pest Solutions, New School Pools, uh, Rich's Car Wash, and Ronnie, of course, Dawes Point Pharmacy, which you know a lot about. Yeah, if you need pharmacy, if you need a pharmacy, go over there and see Teresa Elmo. That's a that's a fantastic store. Yeah, she gave me some COVID shots a year, a couple of years ago. Did it hurt you? Uh, not really. Okay. No, nah, not really. Hey, it's been a great morning. I want to thank you guys for what y'all have done. So impressed with Jason Smith, our baseball coach. 
and uh, heard him. He's, he doesn't brag a lot on Seth Smith, but Seth Smith is one of the best baseball players ever come through here. And that's saying a mouthful because you've had There's some really good There's been a lot. Guys. And he, he's going to go to Southern Miss. Just seeing him grow here has been amazing. Ronnie, how does it feel to coach football at a baseball school? It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? This, this is one of those schools that they really encourage you to play multiple sports. And we've had some good ones. Pete Prescott in track has been very, very successful, and good luck to them. And uh, Kelly Pitts has slowly moved her program where it's one of the top. But we are dealing with competitive balance. I mean, our baseball team had an outstanding team this year and a young team, but they're playing in 5A right now. Uh, the track team is in playing in 4A. And, Mark, I know you've dealt with it at other schools where you've you've worked, but it's hard, you know, as you have success, they move you up. Where are uh, you now in football? We are 3A. We are 3A. But probably with our success last year and hopefully some success next year, we'll be moving up to 4A again. So. Are you going to hang with us? Yes, sir. All right. So more from Ronnie Cottrell when we come back. You guys continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's our Dr. Chris Ramonick's championship drive, Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1, on the campus of Mobile Christian right here on the sports station, WNSP. Triple G's moment of the night last night when Anthony Richardson goes off the board early and kind of my night, too, where he was the second, no, I'm sorry, the third quarterback taken. We had a huge debate yesterday as to what order they would go in. I was three for three, although if you'd asked me if Levis would have dropped out of uh, round one, I would have said no. Um, anyway, uh, continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. Uh, here we are. It's the Dr. Chris Ramonix Championship Drive. All right. Uh, we are trying to catch up to uh, Keith Goleman, the former Mobile Christian uh, football star who is at um, University of South Alabama and came back this year from an injury, at least in spring practice. So hopefully we can catch up to him. Uh, had a great career here at Mobile Christian. We've had him actually in Air Sports 1. And... We, um, like I said, he, he missed all of last year, right, Ronnie, with a, a pectoral, was a pectoral injury? Yeah, the previous year he was an All-American and had a great year, and they missed him, but, boy, he had an outstanding spring. Uh, we're hoping we'll get him on, but if not, you know how these college guys are. Uh, Lee, I do want to mention one other thing. We, we, talked, we talked about Miley Pitts. Uh, the catcher for our softball team, great year. She's committed to go to South Alabama, 
and they're still playing. We want to wish them good luck uh, Tuesday over at Orange Beach. They start with St. Michael's, and uh, I'm just so excited to have Peyton Wise in here as AD. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator at Faulkner University, made the decision to come home. And uh, he and Garen Wise are, are two of the guys that make this such a special place to did be. Did you coach him in football? I coached Peyton. Garen. I did not right. coach Peyton. Peyton was coaching at Troy when I came here. And, uh, you know, I really still believe he is a, an outstanding college football coach, but he chose to come home and help our program, and I really appreciate him doing that. What makes an outstanding college football coach? Well, you you really have to be able to recruit, first of all. There's a, there's, Mark said it earlier, it's a relationship business, and you have to have the ability to connect, and uh, he's an outstanding football coach, but you got to be able to do both. And see, good people, too, like, See, I really think Keith Gallman Jr. is a great person, Coach. I really think he is. I think he one day has the ability to probably be a, maybe a pro player, but also a college coach. Talk to him. Hey, Keith, are you on the air? Here. Good morning, Keith. How are we doing? I'm good. How y'all doing this morning? Good. I want to introduce Keith Gallman. He's one of our former players here. He was All-State as a freshman in 1A, All-State in 2A and 3A at uh, Mobile Christian and uh, finished his career with having every kind of honor you can have. But he's currently the, one of the safeties at South. And uh, how did spring go for you? Uh, spring was great. I finally got was able to get back into things and back accumulated with the team. I felt like it was very productive for our team, and we're going to do great moving forward. Did you have any, let's say, repercussions from that injury that kept you out the entire 10-win season for the Jags? Was it tough getting back on the field, or once you got back there, everything let it fly? Uh, once I got back, I was about ready to let it fly. I think once you take that kind of time off, you're just ready to hit something again. So once I was able to get back into everything, I felt pretty good. Keith, now you've had a great career already and got, got your senior year to play, but I want to ask you a question. What was the hardest transition for you to go to college as a player? Was it the academic transition or was it the playing transition? Um, I think the playing transition, just the speed of the game and adjusting to different athletes. You know, athletes are on a different level once you get to college, and I think uh, everyone's really on the same level. And you get around players that are better at different things and different athletes. I feel like it's just good to be around those kind of players. Keith, Mark, I'm here. Thanks for jumping aboard. I think a lot of people just, they, because we assume, I don't think people really understand. I mean, when you go to college to play sports, man, you're just a kid. And sometimes you're playing against grown-ass men, right? I mean, they're, they're fully matured. And, and, and you're just, you, yeah, it's crazy. It is. It really is. When I was a freshman, you know, I was around a room of vets. I had about three, four seniors that freshman year when I came in. Yeah. I think the rest of them were juniors, so I was able to learn a lot from those older guys and really attach to them as much as I can. Who helped your transition the most, Keith? Uh, players or coaches, either one. Who helped you make it? Because you had a lot of success early. Uh, early on, I think Malcolm Buzz, 
back when he was there, uh, even talking to their Marines every time I could whenever he came back into town. This older player is helping me grow to the game. Spencer Perry, Nigel, he was a great leader back when he was there. There was a lot of leaders when I first got here. Riley Cole helped me a lot. You know, I talked about the game a lot to him off the field. Keith, you've actually been there as the program continues to grow, and then coming off a 10-win season, what's the next step? Where, where is this program headed? It's special. I really feel like this program has no limit. You know, this year we got a big schedule. I think our challenge is to go out and win every game, and I think the team we got, we got a lot of older guys, a lot of guys that have developed over this past season too, so I feel like we're really going to have a chance to come together and do something special for the city. Who's going to, uh, in the backfield with you? You know, Luter obviously waiting his name to be picked in the draft, we hope, this weekend. Uh, but other than that, aren't you pretty well experienced in the secondary? Yes, yeah, sir, for sure. So we got coming back, we got Jaden Boyson, who did a great job last year filling in, and Jalen Jordan. Uh, Yam Banks is a tremendous player. We'll have a chance to get drafted also. Uh, Cuddy Robinson out at corner. And Ricky Fletcher has came along this past spring a lot, too. So we've got a lot of guys coming back and that have developed and they're confident enough to go out there and play, play hard and go win games. Keith, when guys ask you about your experience here at Mobile Christian, when they, I mean, I know you and your dad moved from Florida. You were at Chickasaw for a year and then you were here. Uh, when people ask you about your experience at Mobile Christian, what do you tell them? It was a special experience. I was able to grow with God a lot. I mean, in high school, you really don't. Well, we had a lot of opportunities to grow with God because of our classes and our chapel. So I think those relationships built in there and just growing that stable connection with God and relationship that you're able to fall back on later in life. And the relationships I developed over my time at Mobile Christian would always last forever. Well, Keith, we're going to let you go. We really appreciate you taking time to join us, and obviously, be looking forward to following you this fall when the Jags and you are back in action. So, good luck, and uh, uh, appreciate you taking time to spend with us. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much, Coach Gallman, future college coach. Write it down. Um. All right, I, I, let's do this. All right, so let me tell you all real quickly before we take a break because I think there might be a question or two for Coach in the app we'll get to in our final segment here. If you have uh, something you want to get over to Coach Cottrell, you can, you can hit us up at WNSP.com. Uh, I want to remind you guys, if, uh, if you are 65 or getting close to the age of retirement, I don't, I don't, Ronnie raised his hand, but I'm not so sure about that. Lee refuses to raise his hand. He's not going anywhere. Uh, you need to start thinking about Medicare insurance and how that can help you moving forward. There are a lot of different scenarios that you're probably in. Everybody's a little different. Aiden of Medicare Insurance Advisors, Aiden Marks, he's the guy you need to talk to. He's not selling you Medicare. Uh, he doesn't get paid. Uh, what he does is he helps you navigate all the questions and obstacles you may have. So you may still be working. You may still be drawing health benefits from your employer. Do you need to get Medicare? Is Medicare better for you? Uh, are you receiving VA benefits? Um, are you, if you're healthy and don't have any medical issues, do you need Medicare services? These are all different things that you can, uh, you can get answers for 
if you talk to Aiden Marks at Medicare Insurance Advisors. Give him a call, 463-0031. Maybe you're confused, tired of nonstop solicitation calls. Maybe you just want a local agent. He's local, he's knowledgeable, and he has a physical location. Go see him in Daphne on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors, 463-0031. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back here and uh, talk to Mr. Ronnie Cottrell himself. From Mobile Christian, it's the Dr. Christopher Monix Championship Drive right here on the sports station, WNSP. This is Reese Dismukes. You're listening to 1055 WNSP. Get that trademark quickly. John Lynch used that with Kyle Juszczyk. Remember, he said, we're listed as an offensive weapon. But when you are exceptional, when you are special, all these rules about not taking a guy go out the window. Dave Gettleman called a lot of grief in New York about taking Saquon Barkley at number two. Ask yourself this question. No Barkley. All right. 8.45, one final segment here. It's the Dr. Chris Romanex High School Game Day. I uh, want to thank, or high school game, dude, what a time warp. Championship drive uh, right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. And, again, thanks to Greer's Markets and Cash Saver. Uh, check out the location down there at St. Louis. The rooftop seems to be uh, catching on. Ward International Trucks, LNS Air Conditioning, Green and Phillips Entry Law Firm, Will Barnes and the family of McDonald's Restaurants. And we had two of our sponsors, actually. Todd showed up with uh, Beef O'Brady's and, of course, Stephen with the Rich's Car Wash, who works on Ronnie Cottrell's staff. Yeah, speaking of Rich's Car Wash, though, um, Tim Richardson, uh, and his daughter, Ashley, is on, is the head of our board and fantastic family. And years ago, the Richardson family made, started making a commitment to Christian education. Uh, Mr. Richardson's on the board at Faulkner University as well. We just thank them for what they do for our school. Um, also, uh, you know, we're in the process of a, a, a building project here at the school with our new turf, Mark, and uh, they're also building a beautiful STEM lab and renovating our old elementary building. So there's a lot of good things happening over here. Appreciate y'all coming to visit. Absolutely. Always enjoy it. All right, so there's a question in the app for you. I wanted to ask you about what the uh, High School Athletic Association should do, if anything, about recruiting in high school and how some public schools aren't penalized like private schools because of the 1.3 multiplier. Well, Things that affect private schools, the 1.3 multiplier means you take the students that you have, you multiply it by 1.3, and that's the classification number right. for you. So usually it means most schools are going to be, be playing in one level higher, uh, and that's kind of way we are. I think we're closer to a 2A number, but we play in 3A. And and to be fair, I mean, let's call call it what it is. That That is supposed to be, back in the day they put that in because that was supposed to be somewhat of an equalizer. Yes. Because it was perceived, and probably rightfully so, that private schools had certain advantages about kids transferring in or being able to grab kids from any district that public schools couldn't. So it was, it was supposed to be an equalizer. Right. And it's 1.3 
but now we've added competitive balance too. Most of the discussions I hear from coaches is that, especially private school coaches, is the 1.3 and the competitive balance is both, but uh, there's no competitive balance or no 1.3 for public schools. Right. And so, I don't know, it, it usually works itself out. Um, players are going to go to where there's good programs. I mean, Sarah Land's been an outstanding program. I'm sure players come to Jeff's school, too. So, Well, and then I think to that point, and, and, and the caller said recruiting. Yeah. But it's such a broad term because, as you know, and what I think a lot of public schools are now seeing, especially successful ones, is the program recruits itself. Right In a day and age where we, we talk about the transfer portal in college, kids today in high school are more likely, more likely to just uproot and move to a different area simply to get in with a good. So whether you're talking Gulf well, Shores, yeah. you know, Sarah Land, wherever, uh, it's not necessarily that a guy's going out there the old-fashioned way and, and, and getting in some kid's ear. It's that these kids see that they, they, they all know other kids that are playing at those schools, and they want to go play with their buddies, and it's just kind of, it's, it's just kind of the state of what, uh, high school athletics. Yeah, and, and here at Mobile Christian, we are a Christian school, and there is a segment that the parents want their kids in a, a Christian school. There are athletic-minded people that want to be in a certain program. Our baseball program has won like five of the last seven state championships. I mean, clearly we are one of the top baseball programs, not just in the state, but in the southeast. Uh, so, I mean, we attract uh, players here, but the biggest thing, there's not a loyalty anymore like it was in years past. In Florida right now, the rule is you can play football, at one school, play basketball at another, and play baseball in a third if you want to, if you can get admitted to the school. So I don't know. The, the next thing that's going to come, though, will be NIL. There's NIL in California and Tennessee right now. I think that's going to affect kids changing and doing different stuff. Do you think also there's a trickle-down effect because of the colleges? Everybody's well aware of the transfer portal college kids are just jumping in some are playing for two three four high schools do you think as we see in sports starts with the professional level and trickles down that now in high schools this thing about moving on from school to school i, I do i think it's going to get worse it's it's unprecedented what's happening right now but i think if you ask uh, terry curtis at ums uh jeff kelly at uh at sarah land if you ask steve mask now at theodore I mean, it, it happens everywhere now. Uh, ki kids come to you and say, I'm going to so-and-so. So I think we have more movement than ever. Uh, all right, you guys can jump in, 694-1055. So what's the, is, 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 is it to the point, does it need fixing? Is, it, is, there, so, is there something to fix? I, I wish, I personally wish that we either had the competitive balance are the 1.3 and not both, but I don't know that that'll ever change. Or in the recruiting part, I don't know how, I don't know how it can be monitored. Well, um, they could be if you kids have to sit out. Correct. If they had to sit out, and I, I, I'd split the difference with you on the uh, multiplier, and uh, what if everybody had competitive balance? That's the thing a lot of people have suggested. 
eventually you would play at a classification where it'd be a little bit more competitive. And would you would you consider if we're going to award or penalize, depending on your perspective, private schools for success, if there's a certain level that they don't maintain, could you see a scenario where you drop a program? So, like, if, if you've got, you know, I don't know, I'm guessing two or three consecutive sub-500 seasons, do you do you or drop over, from, or over yeah, do, do you teams that have just gotten? I don't know. I don't think it'll ever change. Yeah. Uh, with AHSAA, uh, you know, Stephen Steve Savarese did a great job. Uh, Coach Briggs is now in the slot. Um, there is a proposal right now for there. It's being voted on for all private schools to play in their own playoffs. I don't think it'll pass. It might. It's, it's not the first time it's ever come up. You don't want that, do you? But the, I don't. But, but, you know, it's not whether there's more public schools than there are private schools. It's what the group wants. Um, what, educate me. What do, do kids sit out at all transferring in high yes, schools? These days? Yes, Do they have yes, to? Yes, they do. We, all right. Like when you, let's say you have somebody who transfers from here to another school. Do they have to sit out? Usually not. Uh, they, you mean, do they only sit out if they come to a private school? It's too much information to try to go through. But right. most cases, if you're not in a school district where you are private or public and you come to the school to play, you have to sit out a year. Um, if you live in a school district, you are eligible. Like if you move into that district, but and make a bona fide move, then you will be eligible. But, like, if I live in Sims, I can't come to Murphy and play. I can't drive over here and play unless I live in the district. Um, I don't know. It's uh, What if you have a relative living there and you just move in with you them? Can't, you, you can't, can't do a, that. A bona fide move. Yeah, it's a, lie. it's a system that has, I mean, it's been in place a long time. We don't really hear a lot about it. But the thing about the bona fide move now is it's not tough to make a bona fide move here. We talk about Sims to Murphy or, you know, Baker to Daphne or Daphne to Spanish Ford. I mean, we're not talking, you know, a two-hour move. We're, I mean, we're talking a half hour, 20 minutes. Like, if you go from Daphne to Spanish Ford, that's considered a, a bona fide move, but that's also right down the street. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a tough move yeah. to make. And so I think that increases the frequency in which it happens. Well, it's like you said earlier. I think uh, parents want their kids to excel. You know, some are more interested in a college experience as far as education. Some are interested in athletics. Others are interested in their kids being in a Christian school or a different environment. And there are a lot of, lot of parents that talk about safety. They want their kids in a safe environment. So, you know, for every parent that moves their kids somewhere, they have a different reason, it seems. Sure. All right. Uh, tonight, Lee, is uh, day two, round two. Uh, the big questions, Will, how long will, Le will Levis be there? Uh, Hinden Hooker's also out there. Um, and there's some others out there, but those are going to be the two big ones I think people are going to be talking about. I would expect, obviously, Levis to go in the second round. I mean, that, that seems to be the general consensus. And I hope for his sake and the other three players that they do, okay? Brian Branch, probably going to go pretty or, uh, early. Joey Porter, uh, also another one. 
uh, those guys are going. Yeah, the uh, the four that are still left from the 17 that were invited in, who did not go yesterday, hopefully will go. I hate to see them stick around for a third day. Uh, I was, uh, I'm probably, if, if you had told me there would have been another player, I, I would have told you going into that it would have been Branch that would have been drafted first round before Jameer Gibbs. So would I. I, I was a little surprised yeah, by that. But, again, that's based on reports you hear. I mean, I don't know for a fact, but all, all the talk was he was a definite first round. But, again, you hear that, as you pointed out, Ronnie, you know, you could probably 200 players were, were first rounders at oh, one yeah. point. Well, hey, it's going to be fun. I think there will be some more uh, trades made and – it looks like they're really they're they're honing in on certain positions, and, and it doesn't matter. Like those two running backs coming just shocked me coming yeah. as early as they did. But hey, yet, but Robinson was rated so high though, he like is. one of the super athletes. So why not? I mean, because running backs can start right away. They do. They don't come and sit on the bench. Whereas your quarterback maybe needs some time, maybe an offensive tackle needs some time. But the running backs are a surefire starter. Uh, quickly, before we get out of here, I do want to congratulate Clayton Elder once again. He is the winner of our WNSP Draft Challenge. Uh, he gets the Traeger Grill from Bailey's TV and Mattress. Congratulations, Clayton. And uh, well done, Morgan. She was the one whose name got picked for the Bryce Young jersey. Uh, thanks to the vault for that. Uh, and we appreciate everybody coming out last night to walk-ons for our WNSP draft party. Uh, thanks to Wes and the folks out there. It was a lot of fun. Had a great turnout. And, of course, a bunch of people, dozens of people walked away with free WNSP T-shirts. So we uh, we thank you all for coming out. Uh, Ronnie, thank you for having us out once again. At, uh, well, thank, thanks for it. Coach Clint Mitchell, our head of school. Uh, it's always good to have you all here. Well, on behalf of everybody here at WNSP and, of course, Coach Cottrell here, we want to wish you and yours a happy and safe weekend. We're back at it Monday at 6 a.m. with a full recap of the draft weekend. And we might even talk some NBA playoffs. You just never know. Uh, until then, see you.